This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be What up? What up? What up? What up? Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for the awesome intro and reaction. Uh, very frankly, how are we doing the Q and A? Where's the Q and A going to come from? You guys have runners? Awesome, cool. I'm just super. I just can't wait to get to the Q and A. So I just wanted to get that out real quick. Uh, and the reason I wanted to do the Q and A, to be very frank, is I think I get to speak a lot and. When I think about speaking, at the end of the day, I'm trying to reverse engineer the audience, right? To me, as a lot of you know, how many people here have seen some of my content online? Raise your hands. Thank you. Actually, real quick, how many of you have not? Raise your hands. Okay, fuck you guys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, So, For about 70% of you, you guys have seen the content and I'll go through certain things that I wanna talk to you guys about. Uh, For the 30 or 40% of you that just raised your hands that you haven't, you can go to YouTube or Facebook and see this and so what's super important to me is to make this talk contextual and when I think about this audience and, and whether it's of age or mindset, the youth and the offense of this organization is super attractive to me from afar, right? For me, I'm 41, I'm old, but I feel 16 in my mind, right? And I, and I work like I'm 19, you know, in my prime because I'm on the offense, it's a mindset. And so the thing that I wanna first start with is intangibles, right? I've been thinking about this quite a bit and let me tell you why this is the first thing I wanna start with. Yesterday, for some of you that know, I'm a ridiculously diehard Jets fan, right? And yesterday, the Jets fucked me up because they won a football game. So for some of you that aren't into football, my strategy for this season was to go 0-16 and take a quarterback with the first pick. And so I literally was in the stands yesterday in New York, really upset as my team was dominating an arch rival in the Miami Dolphins and all the fans around me were pissed because I was like booing when the Jets were doing good shit and the whole, it was fucking awkward, okay? But here's what happened. The Jets took a player this year by the name of Jamal Adams uh, out of LSU and he basically was disproportionately impactful on the game yesterday without doing anything that you would normally consider a turning point. He didn't have an interception for a touchdown. He didn't do any of the things that would show up in the stat sheets that would make you say, oh, he won the game as a defensive back. What he did was intangibles. What he did was, the hour before the game, the way he interacted with all his teammates didn't look anything like a kid playing his third game of his life in pros. It looked like a 16-year veteran doing the little things. What he did was, on every play, when the Dolphins made a mistake or an offsides, he basically looked at the entire crowd, which was half empty, and would get them excited. What he did was when a teammate came off the field that made a nice play on special teams, he ran over and gave him daps. He literally, fundamentally, willed the vibe of the game to go in a direction that created the outcome. I am not physically structured to win all my competitive battles through my life, yet, When I think about all the one-on-one basketball games or the floor hockey matches or the ping pong matches or tennis or football or whatever, like 80% of the time when I fucking win something, 
in a physical confrontation sporting event, it's because I used intangibles to out mentally maneuver or disproportionately figure out how to win. I am fascinated, fascinated by this. I am fascinated by fucking mindset. I am fascinated in a complicated world that we're all growing up in, it's a binary decision if you're gonna be positive or negative about shit. I'm fascinated that when you're addicted to kindness and optimism and positivity, it just, you know, it's so funny. You know, you know like stuff like the secret, like I love when people talk about like the secret, like that, like people think you sit on your ass on your couch and you're like, I wish I had a million bucks and it's like bloop and it just shows up. <laughs> what I'm fascinated by is the reason people succeed that put their mindset into it is because it does something that has really also caught my attention over the last two years, which is the following. When you bet on optimism, when you're on the offense, when you were playing towards intangibles, you do something super duper interesting. You start suffocating excuses. If you asked me what the number one thing is that I'm thankful for that my parents gave me, taking me from a communist country and moving me to the US, you know, parenting me well, nothing bad, you know, roof and clothes and all good stuff. If you ask me the number one thing I wake up every morning and thank that my parents did, is I never saw either one of them complain about jack shit. And it basically created learned behavior for me. I am incapable of actually complaining about shit. And that has become the foundation of my success. When I was in my, you know, when I was in my 20s and early 30s, I spent 15, 16, 17 hours a day for 13 years building my dad's liquor store for him. I own nothing of Wine Library, right? I, you know, I leave that business in my mid-30s, I have no wealth, I built a $60 million wine business for my dad, and I don't sit there and complain. I think about it as I did the right thing by thanking my parents and giving back. Literally, literally, no joke, if I leave this conference today, right now, if I leave, right, we do this, we have a nice little Q&A, it's a good talk, it's fucking cool, I leave, I go to cross the street to go into my car to go to the airport and I get hit by a car, literally as I'm laying there, I'd be like, fuck, I shouldn't have left the conference that early. Like it is in my mindset that literally every negative thing that happens to me is my fucking fault. I recognize that that's not true. You know, when I talk about this, publicly, everybody starts bringing up stuff like, like, what if you're raped? And what if this and that? I understand. I'm a logical, practical person. I'm not talking about knowing or thinking everything is my fault. I'm talking about living a life where you default into believing that as your mindset. Because what happens is you start spending all of your time on offense. My friends, do you guys, like, listen, here's what fucking freaks me the fuck out. Do you understand, you like that? <laughs> Let me, let me get to it, it's really interesting to me. I wish everybody in this conference, including myself, by the way, who spends all his time on this, I wish we had better perspective. I wish that there was some fucking crazy, that dude right there with the weird fucking horse t-shirt, I wish he was some weird genie that could take us back into time 80 years ago so that every one of you could live one fucking day in your great-great-grandparents' shoes and understand how fucking good you have it. Like if you really, really understood how amazing the era we live in, and listen, I'm not, I'm not like naive to what's happening in our society. I'm aware of the political current climate. I'm aware of everything. Let me just say this very clear so everybody gets it through their fucking dome. This is the greatest 
year to ever be alive in the history of mankind. I am, I am super empathetic. Again, when you make those kind of statements, do I believe that there is suppression around, of course, but at a macro data, macro data, health, life expectancy, how much hate and negativity actually is in the complete world versus this is the best. We have it the best. And all I see is people sitting around and dwelling around dumb shit around what they don't have instead of focusing on what they do have. My friends, the internet is a fucking miracle. It's a fucking miracle. The scalability in which you can achieve, the things that you could be doing, the fact that you could be laying fucking naked in your bed at two in the morning and doing productive shit is fucking crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. When, or, if you've got your side hustle, this is a young fucking ass crap. If you think about your side hustle or if you're crushing it with these guys and doing side hustle, there was no side hustle for your great grandparents. Like, like when it was 9 p.m. it was dark and cold outside. Like shit, like you could, it wasn't practical. We take things for granted. Do you know how upset? You know how like, you know what's crazy to me? How mad I get when my internet is a hundredth of a second slower than what I'm used to. Like, like literally, like it, a hundredth of a second slower and I feel it because I'm used to what speed it's supposed to be and that's frustrating. Like on a plane because the Wi-Fi on a plane is a little slow which is like so ridiculous because I'm on a fucking plane and then it's Wi-Fi, it's there. Like I'm old, I remember not having it. Like it's crazy how quickly we take things for granted. Like I love be my buddy. So London just banned Uber and like my buddy landed there and he's like, what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm like, I don't know what everybody's done for the last 300 years, dick face. <laughs> Take the train. <laughs> like, we just get used to shit so fast. And in our speed of getting used to how fucking awesome it is, I'm just desperate this afternoon for you to not lose perspective. Perspective's the fucking game, right? Both my grandfather, look, I sit up here, get paid super duper duper well, get people to think I'm cool because I have entrepreneurial DNA and the timing of it was cool because entrepreneurs got cool. Both my grandfathers had the same exact thing that I had and because they were Jewish in communist Russia post-World War II, their communism put them both in jail for 10 years in Siberia. Like, just think about that. Timing, opportunity, yes. It is absolutely difficult for all of us. We all have stuff. Do I believe some people have it? Do I believe a white male has it more privilege? Of course, yes I do. Here's my problem. My problem is if anybody has ever done it with your circumstances, then you have nothing to talk about in the mindset that I want for you to win. If anybody has ever achieved something with two alcoholic parents, that's the blueprint that you can follow versus looking the other way. Life is binary. It's either offense or defense. You are either sitting in your seat right now on the offense or you're not. There is no fucking half pregnant, there's no in between. You're either this or that. And so, I come here with the energy to let you know about how I see it from afar, not knowing every nuance of your life. A, I think this is the greatest opportunity to be alive because the internet has created infinite opportunity for all of us. B. I love something that I'm fascinated by, which is that everything gets accelerated. What you're living through right now, my friends, in society and the business world is everything's getting accelerated. 
What the internet has done, it hasn't changed us, it's exposed us. What the internet has done is not necessarily suppress things, it's made everything at the forefront. There's no hiding. Everything is so clear, out in the open, difficult to hide. And so I'm fascinated by this because it leads to bigger opportunity. The speed in which good can happen is extraordinary. It just comes down to actions. So what's really happening? This first and foremost, this device. If you're sitting in your seat and you have any entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial DNA, AKA, do you wanna be the CEO of this company one day and grow in the ranks, or do you wanna do something for yourself one day? If you have either one, which I assume is one or the other inside your body, you have to take a step back and wrap your head around the following. This right here, this device, is the remote control of our society. This is everything. Everybody keeps trying to tell people to spend less time on this, I recommend you spend all your time on it. I don't give a fuck if you look at another human being's eyes again. (laughs) This, this. Because where do you think the world's going? I love when, you know, I have two young kids now and I love all these parents like, Gary, you're into this social media stuff. This is terrible, right? I'm like, no dick, this is the best. Because I'm like, they're like, but I'm gonna tell my kid to spend less time on technology. I'm like, why? What world do you think your kids are gonna be living in in 20 years? You think, like I love the naivete. The naivete, this is all history my friends. People thinking we're gonna go backwards. Every person in this room is gonna be wearing contact lenses full time on their body in 20 years and triggering between real life, augmented reality where like, I don't know, Santa's on here on stage with me, right? And complete virtual reality. Everybody in here, in 20 to 25 years, is going to be living a mixed reality world. You may not like it, you may think it's weird, but people used to think online dating was weird. People used to think the internet was weird. People definitely thought sending a 14-year-old girl into a stranger's car was super weird, and that's what we do with all our daughters now at 14 and put them into Ubers and strange men's cars every day. Social norms are changing at a speed that we've never seen before. So this amplification of everything is what I wanna focus on right now. I wrote a book six years ago called The Thank You Economy. I wanna talk to you guys about it today because I think it matters for most of you right now. It is stunning to me how doing a good deed now travels to such a greater length than it ever did before. To me, if you took anything away from my talk before I go into the Q&A, I want you to understand the following. Somebody is always watching now. There is no interaction that you're having ever again that is just between you and that person. And let me tell you why I want you to think this way. Though that may be true, right, because it becomes he said, she said. Though that may be true, if you switch and live the mindset that I've been living for the last seven years, I really believe that a lot of good things will happen for you. If you believe that every single thing that you do is on the record, you will be stunned by how your behavior changes. If you actually believe that every single thing you do is actually being documented, is actually going to be recorded, is actually being watched, a miraculous thing happens. You change your behavior. Not that you go from being a dick to being phenomenal. It just, and I'm telling you because I've been living it for the last decade, you just start sliding every so often a little bit towards a better place and it starts changing your behavior and what happens is you start having momentum of positivity. I believe that karma is practical. I believe that doing the right thing is always the right thing. And so how many people here are managers? Raise your hands. So I'm fast, 
Actually, can you guys stand up? If you're a manager, just stand up real quick. Don't get lazy on me. Let's get the blood going. Let's not clap up for them. They don't need to be clapped. I'm trying to get... Fine, clap, clap. All right, you can sit. Can we keep the lights on? It's better, I like seeing their faces. I'm fascinated by management. How many people became a manager in the last, within the last two years? Raise your hand. Funny shit, right? Used to be fun saying your manager was a dick face until you became one. <laughs> now you're like, oh, now I get it. Management's super interesting to me. I'm super fascinated by it. I have 800 employees at VaynerMedia and I love watching somebody go from superstar entry or next tier and when they go to management, shit changes because everything flips. What managers don't, let me, let me tell you something, managers. I run VaynerMedia, I'm the CEO, 800 employees. I work for everybody. I don't have people working for me. I work for everybody. The biggest issue that managers have when they make that leap is they get very fucking confused. They think that people work for them and they don't understand that they're working for those people. And so when I think about the thank you economy and being documented and what I really want from you, I'm not here to razz the managers, I want everybody who just stood up to get to the place that they want to in their lives and their careers. And I want to suffocate real quick for all of them to leave their fucking fancy POVs at the fucking door. Because what happens as you grow up the ranks of society and life and in business is you have to start deploying humility, not ego. And that has been the most fascinating thing that I've watched through my career, watching that shift become difficult for, because the way to succeed within an organization that has people working is you have to figure out how to learn to eat shit. And that is super difficult. And the higher up you go, the more shit you have to eat. The amount of shit that I eat every day is so fucking staggering to me And it is basically the blueprint of my success and every other person that I've seen. Literally your ability to be the bigger man and woman in every situation, even though nine out of 10 times you may be right, is the variable of your success both within an organization and compounded when you go out into the real world. And this takes me back to where I started. Please understand the following. Being nice is ROI positive. It is traveling, it is being known, it is leverage. The ability to be not nice, politicking on the defense always wins up front, which is why people are seduced by it. But it never wins the long game. You're winning the sprint for about 40 seconds, but you never win the marathon of what's being played here. It is now compounded because information about us travels at a level we've never seen before. Being a dick, in Portland in 1974 was super fine because you could move to Minnesota. (laughs) That information now travels with us at scale. You don't even want to know how much of a jerk your great-great-grandfather was. All that stuff is lost in history. All of our baggage, here forever. The biggest thing I remind people when they go on tilt, whether it's politics or life or whatever, is just remember, everything you're saying is going to be there forever. Everybody in this room is going to have a conversation with their granddaughter and they're gonna have to explain their points of view on everything. Forget politics, life, everything. 
And so I'm fascinated by this dynamic. I think it's a super interesting time and I really want to, not inspire, you know, it's really funny. I think about like, what, like, I don't really get a super high to inspire or make like a fun event. I get a super high on the emails I read on the way out to this flight this morning. The people that were in an audience, the guy who just told me backstage that when he saw me speak two years ago, quit his job and went on the offense. I'm in it for one thing, legacy. I'm in it for one person sitting here emailing me in six years and saying, you know, I was a little fancy as a manager until you came to Portland. I was a little high on myself and thinking I was special. I was building towards the wrong path that wasn't gonna be historically correct. And I am just fascinated by the fact that the most simple of traits now is the fundamental game we're playing. That it's crazy to me, as we go more Jetsons, the people that know how to play like the Flintstones are gonna win. Literally, I believe the manners that your great-great-grandparents have are far more suited for where we're going than the majority of us. That we don't realize what's actually happening in front of us, which is we are all, not just be all day putting out content. D-Rock, where are you at? Yo, not just fucking having a weird dude following you around full time, filming you. <laughs> not me, all of you. Maybe mine's an extreme version, but for all of you, all of you, you were documenting your entire life at scale forever. And when you start wrapping your head around that, two things unfold, I hope, for 95% of you. Number one, the quality of the life that you're trying to live as a human so that you're proud about the conversations you have at 60, 70, and 80, and when you get there, a funny thing happens. As you push yourself to be a better fucking human being, better things start happening for you in your actual selfish business wants and needs. And so I hope that I can suffocate and ignite a mindset here today of people actually understanding what they're doing. Think about all the dumb shit you believed five years ago that you don't believe anymore. We keep evolving. We keep changing as we grow. I implore you to understand how big the stakes are in the world that you live in right now. The opportunity is so ridiculous. And so let's get into the details before I get into Q&A of this. I am desperate for every person in this room to understand a couple pieces of data. Number one, if you believe that this is the remote control of our society the way I do, then it gets really interesting when you start thinking about social media. Social media is this nice little, in my marketing world, it's a slang term for nice to have that you support with television, things of that nature. Obviously with a lot of young faces, it's norm for you, it's the main communication funnel, but it probably has a balance between business and your real life and what you're doing as a human. I need everybody to understand something. More than 50% of the time spent by all Americans on a cell phone is on a social network. This is pretty much the punchline. Like by the time, how many people here are retiring in 10 years? And I don't mean you're gonna open up a bunch of these and you're gonna fucking crush it and buy an island. I mean you're fucking old and you're finished. How many people retiring in the next 10 years? Great, zero. So for everybody here, please understand the following. Everything, everything that is running our society's attention right now, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter, and everything 12 years ago did not exist. The smartphone did not exist. Uber did not exist. Airbnb did not exist. Nothing. We, like, if everybody, re- like, you know, back to the awesome dude with the fucking horse t-shirt, 
the reason I wish he could take everybody back is we do not have context to how remarkable, like it's tough. The people that lived during the Great Depression, the people that lived during the World Wars, the people that lived during the Industrial Revolution, it's hard because it's our lives. It's hard for us to understand how different it is for us than the prior two generations. It's difficult because you have no context to anything else. But the stakes and opportunity are all time. They're all time. Our great grandkids, everybody else, will look back at this era as the moment. And so I implore you to take a step back and really fundamentally ask yourselves a couple questions. One, what legacy are you building? Because it will be the leverage for everything that you want over the next 60 years, and that is based on your actions. And two, very honestly, are you squeezing the shit out of this moment as much as you can? The thing that I'm super passionate about, as a lot of you know, is I think work ethic is the one thing that's super fucking controllable, right? Like, a lot of us were born with what we were born with, right? Like, you're only so pretty, you're only so smart, you're only so fast, you're only, like, you're only what you are. The one thing that I'm fascinated by as you sit here, the way you were parented, where you were born, what you got, the one thing that actually is in your control is the decisions of what you do with your hand. It's like a great poker player, right? A great poker player doesn't need the best hand every time to win, it's how she or he navigates with that hand. We're not gonna change who we are or where we were born or to whom we were born with. But no matter where you are in the life cycle right now, we all have the opportunity to start looking at it a little different. And to me, very frankly, I just think we spend an enormous amount of time on dumb shit when we have ambition to do so much more. Now look, you do you. I'm, no in, I'm not interested in peddling being a workaholic, I'm really not. You can do whatever you want. The happiest friend I know from growing up I think he makes $50,000 a year. He's on 17 fucking softball teams. He fucking takes every vacation day off and he's happy as shit. And it, I, I, I love him and it makes me so damn happy. I have friends who were early employees at Facebook. They have $100 million in a bank and they're miserable and it's shit. This is not a money conversation. This is uh, very simply, do your actions back up your mouth? To me, looking at the hashtag, looking at people talking about this, looking at their social media. I got, you know, when I have the whole East Coast to West Coast long flight, I get into a lot of work. I get all my work done, and then I start looking at all of your social media on the way here, and I look at the hashtag, and I see what you said about the earlier speaker, and I do my thing, right? The thing that fascinated me a lot about this conference is you've got a lot of people peacocking in this organization. There's a, AKA, a lot of you are talking big shit. And I don't mean about this conference, I went back and looked at all your tweets. Did you know there were 37 billionaires sitting with us today? I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated because we're sitting in a world right now where entrepreneurship is on a pedestal of cool. So everybody's flocked to it. And everybody's talking about how they're gonna crush it and what they're gonna do and who they're gonna be. And then you look at their content and every Friday night, they're at a fucking concert. And every Sunday morning, they're this. And every Tuesday afternoon, they're that. And they watch a shitload of fucking Netflix. And they're incredible at fucking Candy Crush. And fucking, fucking, fucking. <laughs> and so, I go on this rant, not to do anything or to razz or to fucking call anybody out. I'm just asking a very simple question. I promise you, if you wanna be pumped professionally and personally, there's one thing that will drive you to the biggest success. It's called self-awareness. Do you know who you are? 
Do you know what you're about? Are you actually talking about shit that you care about? Are you talking because three or four people that you love talk that game and you just feel like you've gotta fit in or appease your mom or dad or uncle or aunt or grandmother's ambition? The thing that helped me so much was just self-awareness. In fourth grade, I punted school because I knew I sucked at it. I knew that I could make $3,000 a weekend as a 10-year-old selling baseball cards, but I couldn't spell 90% of the words that were being thrown at me. It was just who I was, it was how I was wired, and I implore everybody in this conference to really think about this incredibly interesting thing, which is when you're self-aware and you can get to that place of understanding yourself, I implore you to triple down on your strengths and punt your weaknesses. This country is really good at selling down our throats what we're not good at. We're always being sold what to fix. I truly believe that most of the people in this room will succeed by not addressing those things. Now, something could be fatal, right? Like, something could really hurt you. But I think you need to just lift those get them to a certain place so they're not a vulnerability and triple down on your charisma and triple down on your salesmanship and triple down on your work ethic. Whatever those three to four, one, two, three, four, five pillars are, it's fascinating when you study who's winning and who's not. It's the people that have the confidence to suck at shit that are winning. I can't read, right? Like, I'm terrible at it. Like, reading a to, you know, a second grade book to my daughter's like, oh, you sure you want to read me? You should go look a bird. You know, like, like <laughs> yet standing in front of 800,000 people, I'm like, cool, I'm good. Like, we need to start thinking more and more and as you're going through your careers right now, I implore you to be confident in what you're good at and to punt what you suck at because I promise you, everybody else sucks at shit too. Everybody's got strengths and weaknesses and I'm fascinated by people's obsession to pour all their efforts into fixing their weaknesses, which is playing defense, and not tripling down on strengths. So if I leave you with anything structurally from a strategy standpoint and mindset standpoint, I highly implore you on that. And that's it. Like, don't, those are the things that are really kind of happening to me. I'm fascinated that we're in this era. I want people to take bigger advantages of it, right? I need people to understand how ridiculously unbelievable it is and to figure out, do they really want stuff? Do they love the, how many people love working because they just love the game of trying to win at a career or building a business? Raise your hands. Those people are gonna have a disproportionate advantage because it doesn't feel like work. It's just their zone. For the rest of you, you need to figure out what you like about it and spend all your time on that because if you're in a place where you don't like it, you're not gonna put in the amount of work that's needed to actually achieve the things that most of you want. It's very, very simple. Put yourself in a position to succeed. Put yourself in a position to succeed. And I will finally, how many people here feel like they are not self-aware? Because I want to address this if I can. Just raise your hands if you struggle, you think a little bit with self-awareness. Raise your hands. <laughs> Nobody wants it. <laughs> Let me, I'll just go to it because I, I, I respect why that's a tough one, why we got half the hands that we should have and more importantly the ones I got were fucking you know, crocodile hands. <laughs> if you're listening for the last seven minutes and I'm going through, towards unfun, I'm going through an awkward territory, I'm going there because it has been clearly in the last four years the thing that I've seen has won and lost. 
I would highly implore you take the five people that spend the most time with you, coworkers or family members, if you feel like you're struggling with this issue, and invite them to dinner, create a weird event where it's like your mom and a coworker, and everyone's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> create a weird event, and tell everybody like you really wanna figure out what you're good at, what you're not good at, and spend three hours getting the people that love you or know you the best comfortable with telling you the truth. Because nobody wants to tell you. Because most people are kind. Right? We don't tell people because we like each other, like especially the people that are closest to you. But this is something I threw out about a year ago in a blog post, maybe two years ago, and it's been the thing that I've been most emailed about. It's remarkable, and it's an unlock, because when you don't see it, when you're blinded to it, you're doing the same repeat behavior that's stopping you from the thing, and once you can break it, if you have the humility to be comfortable with yourself to go there, it's a humongous unlock, and it is the disproportionate reason. Listen, my friends, a lot of people when they talk about technology and social media and investing in business, they want me to talk about details, right? Like we're about to do Q&A. Like we'll go to it now because it's run in two minutes, I promise. And if you want to ask me a simple question of how to get more Instagram followers, I'm thrilled to answer it to you. I'm thrilled. I will give you everything I've got in detail. But if you ask me why I get to sit here today, if you ask me why I believe he's been able to build this business, my friends, all the magic is in the gray. It's not in the black and white. All the tactics you can Google right now. You can Google anything you want. You want to do Facebook ads better? It's the best deal in marketing. You want to sell shit? Do Facebook advertising. Your company should do a shitload more Facebook advertising. I should do more Facebook advertising. It's a fucking steal. It's the steal, right? Instagram influencers, fucking steal. People don't know how to price themselves. They give you awareness. Some are overpriced, some are underpriced. Fucking steal. Under 30, Snapchat ads, $3 CPMs, swipe up, people are watching videos. These are the details. But if you're fucking insecure, it's not gonna mean dick. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing with yourself, it's not gonna mean shit. The reason I spend my time on talking about this is not because I wanna be a fucking motivational speaker and fluffy fluff fluff and rah rah rah, it's because it's the fucking thing. It's the thing. If your operating system isn't right, you got no fucking chance. If you're not fucking in a, do you know how fucking unbeatable I feel? Do you know that if you think I'm the best and I'm fucking the best and you're wearing my fucking hoodie and I'm the fucking best, do you know how good that feels? Phenomenal. Do you know if you're sitting here right now never heard of me and you're like, fuck this guy, I don't like his bravado. I don't give a fuck either. <laughs> I don't care if you think I'm the best. I don't care if you think I'm the worst. I'm just in my shit because I'm grounded because I know what I am and I know how I'm trying to live my life. And I want that for every fucking person because let me tell you something, it fucking is the best. It's such a good place to be. Do you know what it's like to be in your own head and nothing else matters? Do you know what it feels like to give a shit so much about what everybody thinks, yet not care at all? Do you know that when I leave here, I'm gonna look at every single tweet about this talk, and if somebody said, eh, I'm gonna be devastated like I fucking died, yet equally don't give a fuck? <laughs> when you can get to that place, amazing shit happens. You know why? Because you stop being scared. When you're not scared, you do shit. When you're scared, you do nothing. And when you're not scared, you do shit. And even better, when you're coming from a good place and you're intense good because you're good and you have good to give, shit really starts happening. And so I implore you, let's go. Get the mics ready, I'm ready. Let's go into the Q&A. But I implore you, I'll go into every detail, but I implore you to get inside your head real quick, figure out who you really are and figure out if what you're talking is being mapped by what you're doing because the second you put those things together, shit fucking unlocks. Thank you.
Let's do it. Let's get to the good part. All right, how are we doing this? Just line up in the rows? Line up behind you and line up here? Great, what's your name? Hello. Hello. Okay. Wow, that's loud. Uh, my name's Angela. I am from Dutch Bros, Hillsborough, Cornelius, right up there. Um, huge fan of yours, totally fan going right now. This is awkward. Thank you, thank you. Um, okay, so I watch tons and tons of your content, your videos, your daily bees, I listen to your podcasts. Um, a question that I was thinking about for a while is how do you as a leader motivate your team to be just as hungry and passionate as you are and make them want to bust ass just as hard? I don't. I think it's crazy for CEOs and owners of things to expect their staff to bust their ass and be as hungry as them because when you own something, it's different. And so what I do is I try to motivate by meeting each and every one of them. The reason you've seen it, that I meet with all of them and do those meetings is I don't need that, I wanna buy the New York Jets. I need like seven billion fucking dollars. I work 18 hours a day. I wake up at 4.30 to be here today. I'm going back on the red, this was originally I was supposed to sleep here, nope. I need, to, I need to get three meetings in tomorrow. I'm taking a fucking bullshit red eye tonight. Like I don't expect that from others because most people aren't insane to like have this romantic point of view of like not being able to buy a Jets jersey for 20 bucks when he first came to America to owning the team. I've got to fuck you on me, got it? I don't expect that for anybody else. What I want to know is what makes every one of them tick. Do you know how many people just want to make 200,000 a year and have great work-life balance? That's fucking unbelievable. That's fucking hitting the lot. Like if you are the kind of person that is obsessed with making $200,000 a year and be able to go to all the sporting events of your wonderful children, that's incredible balance. And if that's what you want, I want to empower you to do that. I think the biggest mistake that leaders make is they expect others to care about their shit as much as they do. That's fucking ludicrous. I want to figure out what you care about and it's my job to put you in a position to succeed, to be hungry. And if that means seeing every fucking recital of your little Susie, I'm gonna fucking do that for you. What up, G? How are you, bro? Good, man. I'm Logan. Uh, I work for West Vancouver Franchise. Oh, is this the thing we do, right? Like, you say where you're from, and then your four people are like, yeah, what up, fucking West Ham? Yeah, got it, got it. Just trying to get it down, trying to get it down. I got it now, I got it. My groupies, my groupies. Yo, I'm from VaynerMedia, New York. D-Rock, give me something. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, one thing that I've learned with working with the company for so long and stuff is the passion. Everybody here has passion. Clearly. And uh, we give so much, and I mean, it could be passion with our job, it could be passion with outside, it can be whatever it is and things. Whatever. You guys are so ridiculously lucky. I've, I've rarely met, an, my, we have an internal job board. I have full-time employees that try to help people get jobs to leave our company because we want it better for them. I've literally ne- never sensed a truer purity of that mission as much as you guys have as well and it's, it's remarkable. You guys are very fortunate and it stems from the top and, and like-minded people find each other. It's, it's really rad. I'm really impressed. I'm super pumped to be here. Go ahead. Uh, Basically my question to you is, like, do you ever hold back any of your passion? Like, does it ever maybe get the best of you sometimes and that you have to maybe take a couple steps back and realize like, I may have gone too far. Why would you, like, so the answer is no, but what's, (laughs) (laughs) but, but more importantly, the question, so for me it's kind of like, I do lots of things out of passion that I'm not pumped about. For example, let's go back to football. Two years ago at a Jets-Steelers game, there was like an 80, 
right? Very good. Jets are getting, Jets are beating the Steelers for no, this is four years ago, for no reason. Steelers were much better, Jets were bad that year. Jets are on the verge of winning. This 85 year old guy is coming up the stairs and I, I, have, I get sports muscles. When I'm in Jets world, I'm not me. It's the only place I'm not me. I get too emotional, right? Yeah. So the guy's walking up and the Jets are winning and it's the fourth quarter and I stand up because I'm ridiculous and I'm like, Hey, old man, you're finished, old man, you're finished, right? And everybody's kind of looking at me because it was super inappropriate. And then I go, and I don't mean the game. Right. So my passion went too far there. So I understand. Hey, I'm a Seahawks fan, I understand. I get it. What, I guess ultimately what I'm trying, first of all, I think I just wanted to tell you that story because it's so fucked up. I needed to get it out of me, it's so horrible. I'm glad I was able to share, I feel better now. I guess it's just more like just like, like maybe, like I feel like sometimes when I give off my passion to... It makes people creep out? Uh, yeah, kinda yeah. Yeah. I like creep people out of stuff or basically scare the shit out of them just because I give so much Bro, off. honestly, as long as you're coming from a good place, so I do the same thing, I curse, I've got tons of, but I'm coming from such a good place that I'm not trying to impose any negativity. As long as your passion's coming from a good place and it's not a shtick because you think it's helping you and it's an act and it's not trying to do something that's bad for them, you're fucking good. Let the chips fall. You understand? Yeah. You've got to, this is back to self-awareness. You've got to ask yourself two very important questions. Number one, is it a shtick? Are you doing it because it's self-interest and it's a narrative you're trying to pay to do something selfish for you? Number two, are you doing it to suppress somebody because you're insecure about their skills that you don't have? As long as it's neither one of those two, fucking be as passionate as you want. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow, yes. Hi, Gary. Hi. I'm Erica, and nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Erica. I run the social media pages for the Spokane Dutch Bros. <laughs> Spokane? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, six <laughs> months ago, I was at an ad agency running their social media department. I was miserable. Not my kind of humans, just not my place. I watched your videos for about a year, telling me to hustle, telling me to do it, just work harder. So I quit my job. I started my own social media company and I feel blessed, but in three months I've doubled my salary and it's really taken off a lot to do with these people. But so my next question for you is how do I go to the next step? You know, I've got this small business, I'm yep. hustling, working yep. 12 hours a day. Yep. How do I get to 800 staff? Is that what you want? I want to, yeah. I picture my company is called Talk Fast Social. Yep. I picture a TFS on a building every day and I work for it. Love it. So, how old are you? I'm 26. Good. All right. Step number one the next 10 years of your life, you have to close your eyes and think about nothing else. Now, that doesn't mean you can't find love, it doesn't mean you can't do other things, but the only way you can build something very, very, very big is you put those on a building and you put in the back of your mind and you close your eyes. The biggest reason almost everybody fails in their big ambitions is because of lack of patience. You know I talk about this all the time. Yeah. People struggle because they want, what they do is they get a little success and then they start getting greedy in a good way. Not like I'm using it as a slang term for like, okay, right? You got a little momentum, you're like, wait a minute. Fuck, I can do this. And then you, people start getting greedy and they overextend themselves because they're rushing so fast to do, like people like literally say things to me like I gotta do five million or I gotta put my name on a building. They make up these things, like the Jets thing. The Jets thing is not even real for me. I, I, I've talked about it a little bit. I desperately wanna buy the Jets. 
because I think I'm more likely to win a Super Bowl for them than any other way, right? But, but, the chase of trying to buy them is what gets me off, not getting it. I've forever in my life have never needed anything. Not a certain dollar amount, not some vision of the building, and I, I'm not saying that's what you, you know what I mean? I'm just telling you it's one step in front of the other, patience and doing tried and true things. I leave money on the table at extreme levels every year because I'm being patient and building real legacy and real relationship, step by step by step by step. You just gotta close your fucking eyes for the next decade. You're welcome. Hey. Hey. I'm Gumpy. How are you? I'm great, how are you? Great. Good, I'm from Chico, there's like six of us. Chico. Yeah. So That dude like yawned, he's like, yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So you have a chief heart officer yes. at VaynerMedia, right? Yes. Um, so when you bring her on, yes. uh, what's that discussion like when you talk about her objectives? Um, do you have like KPIs, things that are measurable? Yep. Are there incentives? Like how much detail can you go into? Obviously, Tons. Obviously, telling me how much she makes, stuff like that. But she whatever. How much can you tell me about how to make it something that's as objective as possible for someone like that to be successful at what you put in front of them? So it's a, so a cheap, so first of all, it's a great question and asking about the black and white around it is super interesting to me because it is the most gray role in our organization, right? So for example, lifetime retention of employees is not a KPI because if we think Karen, I mean, if we meet like the young woman we just met, we may encourage her to start her own company. Like I'm trying to push six or seven of my best people out and be like, you need to start your own company because we're gonna have a problem in three years because you're such an A and like you just need to like scratch this itch. So I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I micromanaged HR for 20 years that I ran my companies in my entire life. It was until I found a soulmate in Claude who literally looked at all situations the same and she was on the account side. And then she left Vayner and I quartered her to come back to do a totally different role because the truth is the KPI is how do you keep 800 people, 1500 people, 4000 people happy with the machine. And by the way, it's impossible. The level of cynicism that is in our society is extraordinary. It's so hard to prove to somebody that you care. Everybody is so scared to trust because they don't want to get hurt that it's easier to be cynical. I understand. But all that Claude and I do, I mean the whole flight here, we text about individual people. I know exactly what's going on right now with Chris Giswaldi, right? And, and exactly what's going to happen with Joe Catrone and why we moved Natalie Carey to a different pod, right? I, like I'm so fucking in it, but there, you know, we have lightweight KPIs, but Claude and I are outside the lines, you know, drawers. We surround ourselves with people making sure all the things that are black and white, that people are getting, I mean, like simple things, like people getting raises appropriately at the time they're promised, like not, like, not even, like just silly shit that, you know, we've got the special part down. We surround ourselves to make sure we don't drop the ball on the commodity. The key is, how the fuck do we get everybody to feel good every day, right? that they know that we've got their back, whether they work with us for one more day. Like every time somebody quits in a weird way, I always grab them, always, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? I put out content every day, I've told you, I've emailed you, like, why wouldn't you use me if you were so unhappy? I could have gotten you a job for 50, like if you felt, like, like the other day, like when I felt I was underpaid, I'm like, dude, you got $11,000 pay bump. A, I would have been thrilled to give it to you, but way more importantly, there's like 11 people that need people like you that I'm friends with right now and you could got a 40, like let me help you. We, 
Basically what I'm trying to do is build real trust through scaling the unscalable. One-on-one conversations. The problem is that we're learning is at first it worked unbelievably, but now she becomes too much of the machine. So she's me, it's me and her, right? Now we're like the parents or the siblings, so you gotta bring in other things. I used to have an open door policy, not working. 2018, mandated 15 minutes with every fucking employee I have twice a year. Mandated. It's gonna take me enormous amounts of time, I don't care, it's all I've got. Religion, you know? I don't care what the church or the synagogue or the temple or the mosque is decorated like. I care about the religion. And too many people care about, you know? She makes hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Nobody's bonused at VaynerMedia because I want everybody to be obsessed with the logo. And so when people talk to me about their incentive packages or things of that nature, I just match it and put it into their salary. And the way we, some people go, well then they're de-incentivized. No, they're not. If you don't fucking achieve, we fire your fucking face. Cool. Hey, what's up, Gary? How are you? Good, how are you? Amazing. Um, my name is Nick. I'm with these lovely people from Redding, California right here. I saw that move, I saw that move. All right. Um, so I took over managing in my stand earlier this year. Okay. And one of the more interesting things, like the challenges I've come across is identifying uh, qualities and people that I think would translate well into them moving into leadership and management. So I was curious for you, if you have someone in your companies who you're looking at to put in leadership or management, what are some of the most important qualities that you look for? Empathy. Empathy is fucking disproportionately important for leaders. If you are not capable of thinking about the other person first, you are finished. Empathy, work ethic, I think work ethic matters. You know, it's tough, right? Because if you're not working as hard as your team or harder, that starts becoming a vulnerability. Gratitude is one that I look for quite a bit. Are they actually grateful or are they entitled and think, of course I'm gonna be a manager. Like, I look for grat, but empathy is like fucking 80% of it and then the other 20% is work ethic, gratitude, things like that. Yeah, you got it. What's up, Gary? Hey, bro. Um, I'm Mitch, and um, I guess I'm here with everybody because I think we're all here for the same reason. Respect. Yeah. Um, also, this adrenaline rush is like the best adrenaline rush I've gotten since like high school, so Thanks, appreciate man. it. Thank you. But, um, but real quick, yeah. paint me the picture of what was happening in high school when you felt this. Dude, honestly. I'd say it was like my last home run when I was playing baseball. Respect. Probably. That's not what we thought. Yeah. All right, keep going. <laughs> um, so my question for you, you talk about the seven to two, right? Yes, 7 p.m. to two in the morning. Uh-huh. Yep. And I just kind of want to know, because I know you're trying to be, you know, that Jets owner. Yes. Um, by the way, Woody Johnson doesn't have shit on you. That's um, for damn sure. I just want to know, like, What's your side hustle looking like right now? Because obviously if you want to get to that, like what, do you, what steps are you taking So there? when I talk about side hustle, I talk about either really wanting something that you don't have right now or getting out of a bad situation. I'm so in my zone, my side hustle is my hustle, right? I'm working 7 a.m. to you know, 10, 11. I don't have, I mean, I, I don't think I've been home before 10.30 in the last three years on a weekday. 
Like, you know, I'm, my work-life balance is in extremes. I take seven weeks vacation, I have the weekends, but Monday through Friday, I don't even see my kids. That's just how my wife and I and what we're comfortable with, like, that's my reality. So I don't have that. I would say my side hustle is probably Gary V. You know, I'm spending all my time being the CEO of VaynerMedia, but because of the concept that DRock and I and my team have figured out, it feels like I'm me, like out and about, but it's because I only show like the occasion, you know, I only talk 30 times a year. It's, it, I just am able to create so much content. Um, so I think my side hustle is Gary Vee because I enjoy this so much. I enjoy jamming with you guys. I'm blown, you know, do you know what, if, bro, if I could, if I could make you guys feel what I felt like when I heard that young woman say to me, I was in a job I didn't like, I watched your shit for a year, you pumped me up, gave me the courage, let's call it what it is, to make that leap, and now I'm doing twice as good, and I, like, do you know what it feels like to impact people? It's gnarly. Like, like, so, you know? That's my side hustle. Thanks, man. All right, yes. What's up, Gary? How you doing? Doing good. Name's Kyle. Kyle? uh, East Vancouver. East Vancouver. Good job, guys. Yeah, okay, yeah. (laughs) Don't affiliate with any gangs, but... Respect. uh, (laughs) Huge mistake. Keep going. Appreciate that. So, uh, for one, I know there are kids here, but holy fucking shit, nice job. Thank you. That was pretty impressive. Thanks, bro. Um, I can listen to you for hours. I think you should write audiobooks so I can, like, fall asleep to your voice because it's pretty fucking... Done, bro. Done. Yeah, agree? Uh, so actually, uh, staying here, still scared shitless, and uh, I, that's kind of the transition. So uh, with these moments in time, yes. these monumental steps that you want to take towards success, Yes. Uh, I know how you're talking about being unbeatable in your own head, yes. like, you know, reaching that status yes. of, of your own self-awareness, yes. absolutely. Uh, just kind of like with the basics, what would be your uh, tactics for? Basic, to get to that place? Yeah. Step number one more than anything, I alluded to it when I talked, but this is why I love Q&A, you have to figure out whose opinion is dictating your actions beside yourself. You have to figure out who has say, let's keep it on him right now because it's gonna matter for a lot of people. Let's actually play through this. Who in your life has say when you do shit, who factors in, who runs through your mind, who, do you, who are you curious about on how they would react or think? Who are those people? Uh, honestly, that would probably be like, actually Pierce right here. He, uh, Pierce, if you saw the viral video, or I'm sorry, viral picture, he was the one that was praying. He's a very good friend of mine. So Pierce's opinion matters. Absolutely. Good. And who else? My girlfriend and my parents and my sister. Great. You need to get into a place where you respect Pierce's girlfriend, parents, you love Pierce girlfriend parents, you'll do anything for Pierce girlfriend parents, but you get into a place where you, you don't give a fuck about Pierce girlfriend and parents. You ha- I, and listen, like, I, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's pulling so hard from opposite directions. Like, you know, I wanna stay on this because this will really be a big unlock. If, if I can get one person to like shift a hair, it's huge. It's crazy to me how much I care about everybody's opinion. Like, these two people in the fourth row have hoodies with my quotes on it. I care so much about what they think about me, you would not believe it while equally really giving no shit about what they think. And it's like this crazy balance. I never let somebody else's opinion matter more than mine of myself. Is, you know, like, there's just nothing you can say from people that know me the best, my mom, to my acquaintances and friends. There's nothing you're gonna be able to say about me 
that makes me not realize, of course you think that, you don't really know me. And that goes all the way to my mom, right? Like, you know what you've seen, I know why you think that, if this is the only piece of content you've ever consumed for me, this is where I'm most a little, like I'm a different version than I, like, I get it. I get it, I'm empathetic to why. But the way to get there, man, is very simply, you first. Like, do, I, it's so weird to say do everything you think you should do, but that's what I do. And I think maybe for me it's easy because somewhere along the line I figured out that I could get everything that I wanted for myself, by myself, so I don't need anybody, which is a really important thing to be in that place where you know you don't need anybody emotionally or financially. It's just a very lonely and very not lonely place. And so it's hard, you know, like honestly I wish I could give it. Like fuck man, I think I'm trying so hard to put out so much content because it's the closest way I'll ever get to giving it. I wish I could give it because it's fucking so peaceful. You know? Much appreciated, man. You got it. I can keep going, right? I'm in great shape, right? Like, we're, right? Cool. You can Fuck go it. As long Let's as keep going, Gary. I really want to go long. You guys want to keep doing this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks for being here. Set a bunch of fires in this room. We need it. We're always on fire, but this helps. Like um, double fire? What are we, double firing? Yeah, all okay, of it, dude. Dude. Just Big fire. <laughs> Let's um, go. On the subject of self-awareness. Yes. I saw you at the hologram. Super dope. Set a Thank big you. fire. Um, Thank you. On the subject of self-awareness. Yes. I wanted your opinion on someone else's content. Um, they said that a strength isn't something you're good at, and a weakness isn't something you're bad at. A strength is something that strengthens you. Yeah. Activity that strengthens you, and a weakness is an activity that weakens you. Yeah. Just been stuck on that, and I wanted your opinion. One more time. A strength isn't something you're good at. Right. You can be really good at something, and it can bore the shit out of you, and you're going to have no passion yep. for it whatsoever. Understood. But you're good at it. Yep. Not a strength. A strength is something that strengthens you, a weakness is something that weakens you. Yeah. Cool. Like, and how much of that comes into self-awareness and work oh, ethic? I, I, think, I think there's a lot there. Uh, it makes sense to me when you, like, now that I've grasped it. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm, uh, for somebody that talks so much and puts out fucking four quotes on Instagram every day and fucking does all this stuff, it's insane how much I hate words. Like, like I was just thinking, you saying that to me, I'm like, man, if somebody's saying one of my quotes to their buddy, I hate that. Like, I don't want that. Like, like, to me, that makes sense, but my whole big thing is, and now what? Okay, cool, a strength is a fucking strength, right? Like, I don't know, like every fucking thing I just said. To me, it's about the engine. To me, why I like that you brought it up is it hit you in a way that made you thoughtful. Now my question becomes, are you gonna do anything with it? Right, to me, what I think has worked for me is the reason a lot of people, 25% of people don't like me at first, is I'm suffocating excuses. People wanna think it's other people's faults. It's fun to think you're suppressed. It's fun when you're not a manager. Cause then the manager sucks shit, right? And then when you become a manager, it's the regional manager that's an asshole. And then when you're the regional manager's an asshole, and then, and then, But who does he get to blame? And the answer is nobody, at least for this organization, or like many CEOs that I've met, my mom did this, or my, here's the thing. 
to me, I just hope it inspires you to do it. If it broke an insight to you to make you do something differently that then tastes better, that's all I want. The reason I try to suffocate excuses is because it's the thing that holds everybody down, right? It's the thing that you can rely on when you don't want to work 15 hours a day. It's the thing that you can rely on when it's hard or it's painful or you can't figure it out or and so, yeah, it sounds awesome, and what is most interesting to me is it meant something to you. Now, I'd rather you not care about my opinion on it. That person, I want you to like, right? Internalize it and go do something with it. I swear I'm gonna pass out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Dude, um, so personally, I think that growth and development within a company is like super huge. Like you gotta grow your people so that 100%. grow. So I just wanna know what are some of the methods that you use to grow somebody, whether that's somebody that you see potential in or somebody that's listening. slacking. Listening. Listening. <laughs> it's listening. Everybody, there's no blueprint. There's 3,700 different things you could be, like. Maybe you're slacking because you're in pain because your parents are going through a tough time. Like, there's just eight million things. I always tell my employees, even once I get you to a perfect place, I'm prepared for your family to die the next day. And I say a very extreme thing, and I know it's a weird thing to say, but I say it because I need them to understand that what I think my responsibility as the CEO is, is to be prepared for everything. Like, like even I get you into a great place, the next day, you may lose a loved one or something else happens or something silly like you're upset because you're, or Bernie Madoff happens and your family lost, like I had a friend who was like, was, thought he was fine because he was gonna inherit all the money and the family lost all the money and the pyramids, like life, right? Life, like you're cruising in Puerto Rico and you have a mansion and then weather, like shit, stuff, right? So like to me, it's always listening every day forever. So it's not, a, it's not an x-ray of today. It's not, hey Susan, oh Susan, you're a little overconfident because you were a good student, but that doesn't actually translate to life. So let me deploy a little humility so you understand what the real world looks about. Oh, now you're in a better place, you understand? But then to, like, a leader is always on. It's oxygen. It's forever. So that's how I think about it. I got one more. Go ahead. Can I take a selfie with you? Sure. Dude. <laughs> Who's next? Go ahead, I can, I can double task. Dude, what's up with your fucking screen? We got run over by a go-kart. By a go-kart? Yeah. You gonna get the new one? Yeah. Hi. Hi. I'm Marissa, I'm from Eugene, Oregon. Um, uh-huh. First, I'd like to say I acknowledge um, the Russian Jewish heritage. I am too. So Love I'd like it. to say a late happy Rosh Hashanah. Thank Rosh Hashanah you. Tova. Thank you. <laughs> also, um, I was just wondering how long did it take you to find the balance between your work and your life? Like you say you work 18 hours a day. Do you work while you sleep as well? And everything no. like that or just? I sleep really easy. Good, I'm glad. Because um, <laughs> I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> I've never thought of them separate. Hold on to the mic, hold on. I've ne you know, it's funny when you ask that, I've never thought of them separate. I really haven't. And that's cool, because we work a lot. Like, 
My big, you know, it's funny. A lot of people like are confused by my message. It's why I bring up my buddy in, in Califon, New Jersey, making 50K on 17 softball. I want that. I don't want the Jets or I'm gonna buy the Seahawks, you're gonna buy the Jets. Or I want people to just figure themselves out. I figured myself out. By the way, being a workaholic is frowned upon. Like, by the way, somebody wrote an op-down piece in the New York Times that shit on me, you know, like, because I work too much. Like, like, there's always two sides to these equations. There's a lot of people who judge my parenting style. They think just because they come home at six o'clock and don't really pay attention to their kids, but they're physically in the building, that they're better dads than I am. I respect, I respect their point of view. I'm, I understand how they can go there. It makes them feel better about themselves. I, I just understand. But it, it, you know, to me, I want you to make work and life the same, whether that's nine to five, whether that's nine to three as a teacher and having the whole summer off, whether that's 18 hours a day, because it's just too big of a percentage of our time on earth. It's like literally what we spend the most time on. It's crazy. So to me, do you know how many people I know make $120,000 a year? Who if, who if they made 89,000 would be 50,000 times happier and the only variable difference is instead of driving a BMW, they'd have to drive a Toyota? Like it's, it's crazy how people get caught up in the wrong shit. So to answer your question, I have no idea. I never thought of it differently. I grew up in a family business, so it's super intertwined, right? That was kind of my question. Like, um, did you, have you always known that you were going to be a CEO and an entrepreneur and all these big businesses, you have a separate goal? I, I knew that I was a fucking terrible student, so education wasn't gonna be my path. I knew that I wanted to pay my parents back for being the best parents ever and getting me out of communist Russia. I felt a real passion for that, so I did think, okay, I'm not gonna get a great job because I'm not gonna have a good education, so I'm gonna go into dad's store, I'm gonna build it up for him. And then during that time, you start, you know, all of us are still learning about ourselves, whether we're 45 or 14, you just keep learning, right? You know, somewhere along the line, I'm like, wow, I'm a really good salesman. Then I'm like, wow, I'm a really good businessman. Oh, I'm a really good manager. I'm a really good boss. I'm a really good marketer. I'm a real, you know, you just start building. And then, and then when YouTube came out and I predicted that would be big after email, after Google AdWords, then I'm like, I got a knack for what people are gonna do before. And then I invested in Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and like, you just build and even now, I never thought that I would inspire people. I thought I was a businessman. Who thought that entrepreneurship would be like an athlete or a rapper? It's crazy, like 14, like I went to the Jets game yesterday, like 13 year old dudes, I'm like, ah, like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, Bieber up in this bitch. You know, like, like so you don't know, right? Um, but I do know one thing. Doing something for a living eight hours a day, when you sleep eight hours, I mean, it's a third of your life. So maybe half of your life. I'm just desperate for people to do shit they like. And if they like something that pays them less, you don't need fancy shit. You'll be much happier at the end. Thank you. You're welcome. What's up, Gary? I'm Mike. I'm out here from Arizona. (laughs) This is the best. Nailed it. Zona. Uh, I'm like seriously thinking about starting a New Jersey location just so they can be represented here next year. Well, Jersey. I, grew in, I grew up in Ridgewood, so you, Love got, it. you got someone there. Let's go, man. Um, so my question for you is as managers, we spend a lot of time hiring people who are like that millennial generation. Sure. I'm in it, a lot yes. of us are in it. Yes. Um, 
you talk a lot about self-awareness. Yeah. How do you recognize that in a 10 to 15 minute interview? How do I know that the person I'm going to hire is You don't. Someone? Take it, Gary. <laughs> I've got really good hiring advice. Learn to fire fast. If you guys, especially for what you guys do for a living, I did it. I used to pay people $9.50 an hour, $12.50 an hour stock guys at liquor store. I did it. I did what you did for a long time in my life. Everybody has their ego tied up in hiring. You guys have your ego tied up in your hiring. You think you're so good at hiring. And then you hire somebody and they're shit, but you may pretend they're not because firing them admits that you were wrong. So it's your own ego that's holding you back. My ego is only balanced by my humility. I hired somebody for hundreds of thousands of dollars the other day, six months ago. I interviewed him three times. Three times, that's a lot of time for me. I fired him one day into working at VaynerMedia. One day. Now, I fired him four months later, but in my head, he literally got fired the first day. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So, especially for this business, for all of you guys, check your ego in the door. You're not that great at fucking hiring, but good news, nobody is. Get good at firing. Thank you, Gary. That one's gonna work for you guys. That's gonna be a big one. Watch margin explode. What's up, Gary? How are you, brother? Because let me tell you why margin's gonna explode. If you're not sitting and dwelling about what you're gonna do with fucking sucky ass Rick, you guys are gonna worry about the customer and maximizing margin. Fire. Go ahead. All right, anyway, so my name's Daniel. Daniel. Um, Just like everybody else is doing. Uh, I'm from Coraline, Idaho. Got my group over there. I actually kind of hopped like from that Yeah, I was line. about to ask you, what the fuck are you doing up there when the question line is right there? Shorter line, man. Respect. Hopped over there. Hack it. people, hopped Hack over it. here. It was like one person. Hopped I appreciate over. the hustle. Yeah, I guess. Smart. But, yeah, anyway, so I got a couple questions. Actually, you know what's crazy about that? What's that? I actually think you're, like, I'm actually weirdly intrigued by you now. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. That's just a smart hack. I like it. I mean, it worked. I thought maybe they'd, they'd give them some more time, but they just went right here, so it worked. Good really, shit. Pretty awesome guy. Anyways, okay, a um, couple little things I wanna ask you. First thing, how do you not burn yourself out when you're pushing yourself so hard all the time? I always hear people tell me, like, my whole life, Daniel, if you're gonna push yourself that hard in this area, you're gonna burn out. You'll do you, give up, do you know, you you'll fe- Do you feel like that way? No. Because you love it. I, yeah. if, you, if you ask me to hang a picture on that wall, I would burn myself out before I even got halfway to the wall. <laughs> but if you told me to run like a $500 million business you know, for the next 17 years, 18 hours a day, I'd be like, bet. Fair. All right, okay, so another thing I wanna ask you. If that's how like, you are at that point, I guess, um, great leaders can inspire people. Yes. Bring them kind of the same point, right? The same goal, the same mission. How can you inspire other people to feel that same like, desire to keep pushing and not stop, not feel like they need to take a break every other day, you know what I mean? Or they just need By to listening to them. It's gonna be the same shit, guys. It's not about us. Like, you're like, you're a great leader inspired? I'm like, yeah, by never thinking about my part. I'm a great leader and I inspire because I listen. Because I deliver when people ask for things, including, hey, I don't like this. I'm like, look, you don't like this, so there's somebody that I'm about to let go, right? She's on her seventh department. She didn't want to do this, she didn't want to do that, she didn't want to, right? And I've been trying, trying, trying. That's it, I'm over it. That's it, tried, really, seven's fucking crazy, you know, like, you know, like, and so, and so, 
It's about them, bro. Like, like, by the way, to build a great organization, you need B's and C's. I love C players. Who's gonna do C player shit? <laughs> if we all had A's, nobody would be doing anything. Everybody would be strategizing and architecting. I love when people like on my vlog are like, what do you do all day? You don't fucking work. You're in meetings all day. I'm like, yep. Yeah, like, like, understand 16-year-old Charlie from Calgary that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> like, you'll one day hopefully understand what it is and what you're in is you're thinking all day. You're making decisions all day. That's what an executive does. Like, I'm thrilled. I, I miss the times of stocking shelves. You know, like, it was easy, it was fucking fun. You know, like, and so, yeah man, it's about them. And like, they're not gonna be you. They're not, they're not as ambitious as you. And that's awesome. What you should do is figure that out and then try to make them the best version of that player. Not everybody can be the quarterback, man. Long snappers matter too. Hey Gary, what's up? How are you, my man? Good, man. My name is Chris. Um, uh, first of all, I, I just, I mean, I'm in heaven sitting here listening to you. It's amazing. I uh, stumbled across your USC video a couple years ago, and it's been, I've just absorbed tons of your content. Thanks, brother. Um, and I also think it's cool that my wife and I were in New York um, about a year and a half ago, and I sent a tweet at you asking if you wanted to go to the, uh, the Knicks game. And I thought it was so cool that you actually responded. Like you say you do, and you Thanks, did. Thanks, brother. And you sent a video, and I thought that was rad. <laughs> Thank you, um, man. Yeah, so it was cool. I appreciate it. Um, question that I've had for you, kind of in my head. And by the way, real quick, I apologize. Yeah. Like, that to me is super important, especially for a lot of managers here. When a customer tweets anything about your business, to take the 13 seconds on the way to going taking a piss, to make a video and be like, thank you, or I'm sorry, is so powerful. Like, I'm busy as fuck. Dudes in New York, like, you wanna come to the Knicks game? That's not the shit that you're supposed to be answering. <laughs> but because I did, it builds a deeper relationship with us. He's like, fuck, that's crazy. Like, he, like it's just, it just real. Like, so, actually, I got something fun. While we're having this conversation, I want everybody to open up Instagram and go to Oprah Winfrey's account, at Oprah. And I want you to scroll all the way down, all the way down to her first photo ever. I want you to look at it while I'm giving this point. I'm sitting with her and I, I'm putting Oprah on Instagram. I'm in a room with Oprah, fucking Winfrey, and I'm like, Oprah, Instagram, it's gonna be important, da 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 da, right? And she's like, da da da, I'm trying to explain to her why it's so important to reply to people. And I go to her, when you were doing your show at the height of your popularity, when you guys would stop and reset the cameras, right? I'm like, did you ever look at anybody in the audience? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, did you ever smile or wink at anybody? She's like, yeah. I'm like, do you know that they've been telling that story for the last 15 years? It matters, man. Depth versus width. The way you get more customer count in your locations is by over-indexing on the ones that are coming in in the first place. Go ahead. You know, it's something going along with that that I've told a lot of my crew about is uh, the Ricky Henderson effect that you talk about, and I think that's huge. You just, that's what I call it. Yeah. When sure. I, just real quick, when I was 10, I went to a Yankees game, it was my first game. We were poor, like going to a game was like crazy. It was like, I think I wore a suit, you know, like, and uh, Ricky Henderson was coming off the field, and I stood up, and he winked. Now what's crazy about the story is, 
It's like if I, like 80 people just thought I winked at them, right? So I don't know if he really winked at me, but if like the amount of Ricky Henderson baseball cards and jerseys and to this, here I am, right? 30 years later talking about Ricky Henderson, depth, man, depth versus width. And by the way, that's how you gotta manage. Sally, who works for you for four months at the front of the store because you really gave a fuck in 13 years when she's a top executive, does a business development deal with you because you did the right thing because kindness is practical and karma is ROI positive. And honestly, honestly, this was not a big enough reaction to that statement. You gotta really get it through your head. Those claps are dick for what I just said. It's a big deal, it's a big deal. Yeah, so my actual question. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, where am I at now? Um, you know, I've seen you scale from 400 people a couple years ago to 800 now, and we've grown a lot. My wife and I have about 250 people on our crew. Jeez. And it's, it's been really hard on me. We've grown quickly in the last year. We've went from about 100 to 250 in a year. And More a locations? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, how do you, how do you, connect with your, your people. You have eight technology. media. Do you have everybody on your text? Yeah. Lay in bed and text them. Yeah. Here, here's a big one, here's a big one. Don't judge yourselves. There's 230 VaynerMedia employees watching this video right now and be like, fuck that guy. I haven't heard from him in seven months. <laughs> like, I don't judge myself. I know I'm trying with all my fucking might. But if like something slips through the cracks, or if I go through a bad rally, or to maybe my number one, two, three guy, like my guy, who's like, fuck, you don't talk to me, and like, I don't judge myself. I try real hard, but I don't cripple myself by shortcomings, because I know that I'm trying harder and better than most, and life is about alternatives. When I'm most down on fuck, I say to myself, would they be better off somewhere else? The answer is no. That's good, thank you. You got it. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal, man. I love it. I couldn't ask for any more. <laughs> You're the best. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even work for Dutch Brothers. I, you snuck in? Yeah, I, I just rolled in, and you know, I'm not, but I love all these people, you know. Yeah, they're great. Atmosphere. Uh, I get it. So, did you literally break the fuck in? <laughs> no, I, I got a free ticket. Oh, respect, me. respect. Yeah, I, I was. I, I would have thought it would have been way cooler if you just snuck the fuck in. <laughs> No. All right, go ahead. I found out you were speaking here. So Thank I you. Rolled down from Sumner, Washington. I'm flattered. How are you? But I'm doing phenomenal. Good. Uh, I'm a uh, dishwasher at Trapper Sushi currently, and have been for a few years. Okay. But uh, trying to break out of that, move up in the restaurant, and uh, hopefully one day become a sushi chef, and you know, hopefully not cut off any fingers. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know. Though. If you did, that could bring a lot of awareness to you and maybe be create a viral moment that could be ROI positive. True, true Just that. keep that in the back of your mind. True that, bro. Okay. But, uh, you know, between my multiple sclerosis and my traumatic brain injury I had when I was a kid, I have uh, symptoms, defects, whatever, that would hold me back from a life like that. Yes. But, I, uh, I'm still, you know, moving forward. I'm a marathon runner. I run races all the time. That's why I've been up and down. My man. Is, uh, I love it. It's because uh, my legs are hurting from this half marathon I ran yesterday. 
and the day before I ran the Warrior Dash up there in Washington. But uh, at any rate, yeah, I'm, uh, I've written one book, and I'm becoming, you know, well, I am a motivational author and wannabe speaker. Love it. And uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, wanting to move forward with that, and I'm working on my second book right now, and I've started. Yes. And watching you in the past few months or year, I've been totally fired up. Thank you. And I love you, man. I love you back. And uh, thank you. And uh, Are you trying to figure out how to make that more successful? Yeah. Are you putting out content on a daily basis? Yes, I how? am. How? On, on my Facebook. What, what about YouTube? I'm, I'm working, I'm, I've started on YouTube, I just haven't done very much at all. So, do you, what about Instagram? I've, I've downloaded Instagram and I've begun putting content on there, just haven't gone full force into it. Is that, what's your name, Shane? Shane. Shane, let's go, let's go a different route. Shane, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to send me an email to gary at vaynermedia.com, okay? Okay. You got that? You know VaynerMedia, right? Yeah, gary okay. at vaynermedia. Say it's Shane, I'm the guy who, you know, spoke at the event and the marathons and you made the joke about the cutting the thing, all that, put it all in the title, okay? Okay. Instead of me giving you one tidbit, Shane, I'm gonna fly you to New York City, to VaynerMedia, and you're gonna spend a day with me and my team and we'll show you what to do. Love you back. Thank you. Uh, let's keep it going. How you gonna top that, bro? Oh, <laughs> Worst spot ever. Hey, it's all right. <laughs> Respect. How are you? I'm good. Good man. My name's Dan. Dan. Uh, and I respect that you're a straight shooter. You don't sugarcoat anything. Um, and I'm just curious what you have for us as a company as your biggest criticism or some advice for us as a company. That's a great question. What we can do better. So you know what's cool about that? That's a super great question. And like, fuck, I really am sad with what I'm about to say, which is, uh, so if somebody at marketing conferences, a lot of times people say, hey, this happens every conference. Hey, Gary, name one brand that's doing social media really well that's not a VaynerMedia client. And I always look like a douche because I'm like, I don't know. And the answer, this is such a great question and it was a great follow-up to that moment. I can't answer because I've not spent one minute auditing the marketing or organization. I understand the founder's intent very clearly. We've had some people out from the organization at 4Ds, our one-day session, so I got a little vibe. I spent some time. I've clearly got a sense of the energy. I, I, I have made a living by treating my company like a family, which means that you get all the things that come along with a family. I've made less money. I've got weirdness of people that have been with me for a long time that are probably in bigger spots than they deserve to. When I start auditing this company from afar, it's the critiques that I would have, I can't critique because I'd be a hypocrite because I do so many of them myself. But as far as like from a marketing standpoint, what you guys are doing on Facebook and th like bigger marketing, digital, like things that I could really help with, internally operational, I love all the strengths and all the weaknesses I understand and they just happen over, you fix those over time, that's a commodity. 
I don't have a sense of the marketing. So in a world of shooting it straight, the answer is I don't know. Uh, and that sucks, but that's yeah, the truth. I respect that, Gary. I respect that a lot. Cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Gary. Hey, man. I'm Logan. Hey, Logan. Number two, I guess. Number two as in you're the second Logan that spoke today? Yeah, actually, maybe the third Logan. There's like a couple of us. Who's Logan in here? All right, Jesus. All right, let's go. Uh, so my first question of two was uh, related to that. I assumed maybe that you'd taken a look at some of our company's social. Nope. So that question's easy. Uh, my second question was... But I can tell you one thing, because it doesn't matter, you're not doing enough Instagram influencer marketing. You should bet the fucking farm on it. Given the nature of the business, you, you can't, and you guys are West Coast, like, the, it's, you have to understand, there's an alpha mom in Tempe, Arizona, that you could give $50 to, or five free this, or 10 free that, or one month free this, who's the alpha mom of your entire five mile radius by her just giving you love three times on her Instagram, it's gonna disproportionately change your business at a local micro level. Multiply that by 74,000 humans and you change your fucking business. How the fuck do you think I got here? Like humans are amplifying my shit. I do them two ways. I hack attention and understand where people pay attention and I do nice human things and I'm a good dude and it makes people wanna talk about me. And I'm smart as fuck, charismatic as shit. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I still have two questions. Go ahead. Say them both and then... Respect Logan okay. the third. Uh, first question is we have a social media account times three probably for each thing for like almost every location that we have. So every location has three different handles? No, every location has a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter, and probably a Snapchat. Okay. I was curious about your thoughts. I like it. Second question. If you're doing anything with it. Like having one for this location and like it's somebody's fifth job who's also on shift and does it once in a while, like that's bad. But if it's actually being run, it's good. It's like what's the ROI of having uh, a Instagram handle for every account? It's the same question as the ROI of a basketball. For me, zero. For LeBron, a billion. If a location uses those four things properly, they're gonna get ROI. I don't think it confuses the market. Like, I'm not one of these people that thinks just the main handle should do all the work. I think they should work hand in hand because you could do different things because the local context of a single location can reference the high school football game's victory. And so that's how I see it. But you gotta do something with it. You can't give it to like Sally on her fourth job, you know, to do in between. You gotta invest. Cool. Thank you. You're Second welcome. Question is you just got done with Tony Robbins and Wim Hof, is that right? Yes. I was curious just what your biggest takeaway from that whole experience was working with those two guys. Well, we didn't see each other because everybody's flying in and flying out. So my biggest takeaway was we're busy as fuck and we didn't see each other. <laughs> hey, man. So how would you define success? And I can expound on that if you need. Sure, my first answer to that is doing what you want every single day of your life, right? Like, and again, this has been the theme today, right? Like, if that is to be part of 17 softball teams, mazel tov. If that is trying to buy the Jets, great. Like, to me, I lived 11 years or so of my life waking up every morning upset because I didn't want to go to school. 
Like I didn't want to do that. I remember what it feels like. Sunday, I mean the whole, this time of year, fall, I loved the Jets so much, right, that I was pumped, but Sunday nights were the worst. Like knowing that the next day was the start of this terrible fucking week that I fucking hated. Like now to wake up, like there's never, I'm fucking on vacation always. Like I wake up every day fucking fired up, right? So like being able to do what you want, when you want, and it doesn't take a lot of money to do that. People are very confused on how much money it takes to do what you want, how you want. It's that you don't know how to spend your money in the right places so that you're like, fuck, I I need 300,000. You don't need 300,000. You need to figure yourself out and put yourself in a position to succeed. But that's the answer. Do what you want every day. Awesome. One other thing, as far as relationships with you kind of focusing on your own, Yes. Focus on your own opinion first. How does that keep you connected with people? Easy. My selflessness comes from my selfishness. Right, like if you talk to the people around me, like I'm the best, because I'm in the giving game at all times. I have a couple things that are like fucking, my, you know, that I have to do for myself. But like, once you're good, your connections are better. People are confused. You have to go selfish to get yourself right, because once you're right, all you're doing is giving and everybody's fucking pumped. And then all you have to do is make sure that the thing that you're selfish about isn't something that breaks one of those seven people, right? Like, you just gotta make sure those things that you're selfish about are the things that your partner can deal with, whether that's being a workaholic, whether that's being home, whether that's being into golf and you gotta golf every Saturday. It could be a million little weird things. You just gotta make sure that that's okay with the other person. That's where people have disconnects, right? We only have a couple, like if you were all, if we were all ripped down to you can only do these three things, we could all get there. And I would recommend everybody to have a few lines in the sand and then give, and that really creates the balance. Got it. Hi. Hi, um, I'm Caitlin from Hi, Caitlin. DB Eugene. So I have a couple bullet points because I didn't want to forget everything, so bear with me. I'm ready. Um, so I 100% know what I want to, what I want and will accomplish with my life. Um, I want to impact the world, people specifically, massively, and I'm not talking about ripples or waves. Like I wanted, like tsunamis. Like I want it to be a big. Um, and I have my why, like I know why, that's solid. Um, I'm still figuring out the how, that's something I've been on for a little bit, but I What's the why? Oh, I love people. Like I, I get it. I love people so much. I get it. I hate dogs because I love people so much. I'm not on your level yet. Dude, me and you, like, I'm so weird. I love people so much. I think the whole, like, animal thing is, like, this weird, like, you're, like, I don't know. I'm weirded out about this whole issue. I hate dogs. Super unpopular. People are, like, freaking out right now. Like, seven people are just like, I fucking love this guy until that moment. Fuck that dude. People love fucking animals. I don't know, I just love people so much that it makes me weird against animals for some weird reason. Dude, not that I want to kick a dog, but like, fuck. I just wish people would like people a little bit more instead of their fucking fluffy schnauzer. Go ahead. Anyways. Yeah, sorry. So sign out on that also, which really fascinates me because I love people so much and you do too. I have no idea how you say, fuck it, I don't care. That's something that super duper fascinates me. Well, maybe, and, and honestly, maybe that's the thing, right? Because I think what allows me to deal with every single day, people are like, you're a charlatan, you're full of shit, you're a snake oil salesman, you suck, you your, daddy, like, how- your daddy gave you a liquor store. They don't know my story, right? So I think the way I deal with, the reason I can deal with it is the reason I can love so much is because I don't 
care so much because I know who I am. When people try to troll me and like easy for you to say daddy gave you a liquor store, they don't know the truth, which is that I gave up 13 of my best years of my life to build my dad's store for him and I left at 36 years old with no fucking collateral value and no money in the bank. Started over. But what am I gonna do? Spend all my times replying to everybody? Like, what am I gonna do? Go on fucking TV and say that's my story? Well, what about, you said, like, even your sister, your girlfriend, say, like, I don't, I can't I'm married now, let's not talk about girlfriends. <laughs> like, how do you say I don't care about that too? Sorry, so many questions. I'm kidding. Anyways. So I, I, don't, I don't care because I know where they're coming from. Like, everybody's coming from a perspective. I deploy empathy and I know why my sister thinks that. I know why my wife thinks that. I know why my mom thinks that. You don't care that. if they're disappointed or not happy with your decision because you know I only care if I'm doing something wrong. Wrong is different than doing something that somebody else doesn't want you to do. It's very different. I'm worried if I like hurt somebody or try to do something malicious. I'm only trying to do good so it makes me very at peace with myself. And sometimes that means that I have to be selfish for a moment but I know what my macro effect is and if you wanna build a fucking tsunami, you better fucking figure out how to get real selfish real fast because if you look at Gandhi or MLK or anybody else, they're the most selfish fuckers going. I'm serious. Like, go break that down. Like, I, like this dude's dying laughing. <laughs> like, brother, I'm telling you, if you go look at them, right, you start realizing that they were selfish about having a legacy and figured out the code of if they're giving at all times and everybody knows about it, that's going to build a legacy. I know why I'm standing here today. It's as much, and I'm getting paid unbelievably, but it's not ROI positive to me. I can make more money other ways. It's because I'm, it's why I'm going over time because I know I have a little more time than normal and I'm keep going because I know the last 20 minutes, there's one answer, two answers that's gonna matter and it's gonna build legacy. You better get real fucking selfish because you're not gonna have a ripple or a fucking little, you're gonna have nothing if you're not because you're not gonna be strong enough to deal with, everybody likes the come up. Everybody wants to be big. You don't know what happens when that happens. You gotta be strong. You don't know what happens when you get the fucking other side of it. Thank you. You're welcome. That was really helpful. You're welcome. Um, wait, wait, that wasn't my question though. This will be fast, I promise guys. I promise so much. Okay, so anyways, I know the why, 100%. I'm still figuring out the how. I don't want to be stuck figuring out the how and not thinking about the next step. Yep. And I, in order to accomplish something that huge of life purpose, I have to have some key components. Um, well, the first thing you have to have, the, well, the first thing you have to have is what do you have to give? So once I figure out the how, then... It's, you I'm, can't figure out the how. Like, for me, once I figured out that I understood how to build businesses and that entrepreneurship was a gateway to the outcome for so many people because it was independence, I spent 15 years of my life building a business to have the credibility to talk about building a business, right? Which gave people more confidence to look and listen to me because if you're a 20 year old life coach on Instagram, you're gonna be faced with cynicism because you're 20 years old. Like, so I, th I think the thing that you have to figure out is what do you have to give? You know, I have confidence to give. Got it? Like, I'm up here on full fucking attack to inject you with confidence and eliminate insecurity, which leads to having very difficult questions about how you judge other people's opinions in your inner circle. That's how I got there. I was like, wait a minute, all of you aren't doing your thing because your mom parented you in a weird way because she was miserable and misery loves company, so she tried to make you feel insecure because she was insecure and that's why you're not confident and that's not why you're not doing shit and that leads to you gotta go confront your mom and that's like, fuck. 
But that's what I had to give. That confidence and self-esteem was my drug that allowed me to open up my opportunities which led to the awareness because I was never scared to taste shit and I figured out what I was good at because I never cared what you thought about my shortcomings because they were my shortcomings. You have to figure out what you have to give. Thank you. You're welcome. What's up, dude? What up, bro? Hey, I, I love the passion that you bring. Uh, it's super inspiring. I wish someday I could have the same amount. Thanks, man. Uh, but I listen to a lot of your stuff, and I want, like, almost like the help of reconciling a lot of like things you say. Yep. Sometimes I feel like they contradict other things. They always contradict. Perfect. <laughs> and so, like earlier, you were saying. I mean, the whole conversation we've been talking about today is listen to nobody, listen to everybody. Yes. Have you been following along at home? <laughs> Go reconcile that shit. Go ahead. So, uh, Can I tell you how it break, you know where I figured something out, I'm gonna try to go there? Mm-hmm. I figured out, I'm like, why? You know, like, you know, I'm reading every one of these comments, right? Uh-huh. So I'm like, fuck, it is a contradiction. I'm a contradiction. The fuck is this? And I realized, oh, because it's macro, micro. On a micro, I listen to everybody. On a macro, I don't listen to anybody. So that sounds like a contradiction because we think they're on the same plane, but they're not, right? I hate selling, yet I'm a big time salesperson. It's because I play, build brand, so it comes to me, not send them emails and be like, hey, you should book me for the, like, it comes to me, macro branding, so I don't have to micro sell. But go ahead. Well, earlier you were saying the the hustle. Yes, uh, work ethic is fucking insane. Uh, self-awareness, I, I would say situational awareness. Yes. Aware of what everyone else A hundred percent. And then you also say that you want to get technology in kids' hands. Yes. I think that limits work ethic and they're not mature to have situational awareness that they ruin their reputation and opportunity for future. I, How do you I, reconcile that? I think that's a romantic old traditional man's point of view that you've absorbed and I don't know why but I couldn't disagree with you more. I think what you just said is what people have been saying for, throughout history about every advancement in technology and they're always historically incorrect. I could be wrong. You know, maybe you're right. But I think that we are very much short-sighted on thinking about technology because what we're not recognizing is the playing field of situational experiential changes with technology's impact. I mean, for example, we, we debate things based on anti-technology, yet we put other things on a pedestal that do the same. AKA, we look down at texting and writing to each other, but if somebody writes us a letter, we've now put that on a pedestal, even though it's the same exact thing, it's just the thing that's delivering it is different. So, I don't know, I, I, I think there's a lot of places where I contradict, but on that one, I think that, you know, we were told that we were, like, People were told, there's people in this audience's mothers that were told that Elvis was the devil because he shook his hips, or the Beatles had long hair, or you know, Madonna this, or fucking, you know, like, that's just, that's just defense, man. You know, like, for, and, and by the way, neither one of us, yeah, hold on to it, I'm talking still because I want you to get in here because I don't want to just be because I'm up here. We also don't know. And there's another thing. We've been betting against humans as humans for a long time, we're still standing. Like, I don't bet against humans. We, conf- we, we adjust. 
right? Like technology changes us. Go re- Do you know what the biggest fear in the world in society was in the late 1800s? The kaleidoscope. <laughs> Everything you just said, you wanna have a real funny fucking thing? Take your phone out right now and read about the dangers of the kaleidoscope. We are scared, we are scared, and this actually, I have my timing right, I think it might be the early 1900s. We are scared the kids are looking at technology too much and not looking at the real world because the kaleidoscope comes out and we're freaking out and we're looking at it and it's so crazy that people are walking around London and Paris full time because it was so That's how I see phones now. Phones are making kids more social, not less social. It's giving plenty of people courage that they didn't have in real life. And just because it's not the way we grew up, when you talk to someone, I don't see any romance of you have to go up to the bar and ask a girl out. That doesn't make you any more of a man. You can slide into the DM. That's awesome. I, I think we, you know, I think we, I think we put things in the past on a pedestal because it's what we came up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I think. You're welcome. Yo. What up, dude? What up, bro? Uh, my name is Paul. Uh, Paul. Uh, representing uh, DB Sacramento is one of the managers over there. Very nice. Um, aside from managing, um, I have a little side hustle. It's called Brosthetics Apparel. Brosthetics. I started about two years ago, and um, Dutch Bros has been super awesome because they have been super supportive and they've been really supportive of my passion. Anyways, um, so we always talk a lot about creating opportunity and making sure just not to be fearless and just, it's always going to be a no unless you try it. So, 100%. Um, what I did, I actually made four t-shirts for you. Yep. I made a prosthetics collab with Gary B. I did all the designing myself, printing, and I did it from my t-shirts and I was wondering if I could present these to you right now. Yes. Who's next? You are so awesome, by the way. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. So I know how much you like the Jets. Yes. So I had to do a little color scheme. I did the green color of it. Also, I wanted to make sure it was pretty presentable. So I made a thermal, because it's really cold over there. Yep. I see you, you mean watching. in New York? Exactly. It's colder here. You wear a V-neck, so I like that. Yes, I'll wear this. Three-quarter sleeve. So right. And then the um, plain crew. Yes, I'll do that. All of this is a really cool, like a suede mixture. So be honest, if you like it. I'll, I'll wear it. it. I'll wear one. I will. That. Thank you so much. T-Rock. Yeah. Help. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, Gary. My name is Carlos. Carlos, your hair is fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You said that, right? Because you're smart. Go ahead, Carlos. I'm 18. I, I don't work at Dutch. I completely snuck in here. I'm let's, let's clap it up for the hustle. <laughs> Just to see you. Um, I've been watching your stuff for a long time, and you've motivated me a lot. And I've hustled a lot. I've gone out, done social media for different businesses, done all that. Um, I would be, I'm just here really just to ask you if I could come to VaynerMedia with that other guy on the planet, if you could give me a ticket, if there's any way I can talk to you or present an idea, a music idea that we have patents for and stuff that you might be interested in, um, kind of revolved around making streaming music profitable and... Okay, so let's do this. I love to shoot it straight. 
why don't you do this? Why don't you email me first the framework and then let me decide, okay. right? Because, so like, um, Gary of VaynerMedia, mm-hmm. Carlos, dude with great hair that snuck in, right. and then just give me all the stuff and I will reply to you within this week. Okay. We'll start the relationship that way. Thank you so much, You're I appreciate it. How's it going? Really good, man. Good, so I'm Patty from Corvallis. And as I can speak for many of us, we are college students and our friends down in Eugene are as well, so this could be really What the, what the, hold on, hold on. What, you guys, your bro gave me a shirt and now you're fucking leaving? Flight? Oh. Let's boo these guys. Boo. Awesome, all right. Thanks guys, have a good flight, be safe. All right, go. Okay, so, um, for a lot of us college students- Let's boo them one more time. Uh, all right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay. College. College students. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot going on. We're yep. going to school. We're I mean, working I don't know if we have a lot going on, bro, right. but go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's the best fucking four years of your life. You have nothing going on. I mean, you do, but it's still fucking a vacation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll give it to you. Um, if we're not pursuing franchising, for yep. most of us... This job is uh, stepping stone to the next place. Which, oh, by the way, the more I'm getting educated, I'm going to do a little more homework before I get caught up in the cult nature of it because I've got my own version of that. Like, if this is what I think it is, this is like where where people should go for a stepping stone. When you have an organization that is supportive of side hustle, like, like, cool, man. I mean, yes, and you're lucky that you stumbled into it because a supportive stepping stone is rare. Very supportive company. They always help everybody pursue their dreams. It's awesome. Um, and by the way, it's just smart for companies because he knows that there's. Sorry, bro. We'll get to it. There's, there's millions more behind you. The reason you're supportive is it becomes a deal flow. The reason I take care of all of my employees is because it makes ten more want to come in the door once they know the truth. Being supportive as an employer, right? It's fucking practical. It's actually smart. Instead of like trying to hope, it, it's unbelievable. It's, it's basically the thematic of everything I've been talking about. Positivity and offense always wins. Historically, always. Go ahead. Um, and you know what? No, just go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. Go, go, go. Yeah, I'll just cut it here. Um, so also, earlier we did an exercise with the other speaker um, about talking to someone else about their weakness and what they're not good at. Nice. And it came up again, and this is where I'm going to pose my question. Um, there's this inherited fear of failing in your career, your major, your degree, your business, uh, moving up in Dutch Rose management, whatever it may be for yourself. Um, what's your one-liner for just taking the leap and going for it? You know, it's, it's, you know, I hate repeating myself, but like, I get it and I, I'll do it until the day I die. Who are you afraid of? Like, what? When you get fired from Dutch Bros tomorrow, right? Right? Like, when you, right? Which I can see is pretty much gonna happen, right? <laughs> like, when that happens, right, when that happens, like, what are you scared of? Like, what, your dad's gonna be like, I told you you're a loser? Or like, or like your girl's like, I can never trust you, I can never marry you, like, what? I, it is a woo, like what? Like tell me the thing, like what? Like what? This is why I'm petrified of fucking eighth place trophies. If you grow up where everybody gets an eighth place trophy, you're actually scared of losing and then you're fucked because losing is real. I love, I swear on my fucking kid's health, 
I'm obsessed with losing. I fucking love losing. I love losing because I know exactly what you're thinking about my loss and I can't wait to stick it in your fucking face when I come back. I remember once my grandma said that I was lazy because after seven hours of fucking dragging wood in my parents' backyard, I was like, I need a break because she's old school Russian gangster. And I remember laying there and her drilling me and me thinking to myself, I'm gonna fucking stick it to you, grandma, like nobody's ever, like, like I like losing. Like when the Yankees and Rangers won their championships, I stopped rooting for them. People like laugh at me like, you're a Jets fan? I love being a Jets fan. I would hate being a Seahawks fan because you won, it's over, the climb's over. So like that's it. Like, like what are you fucking fearful of? Like your sister making fun of you because she's got a better job? Fuck her. That's my answer. Like, cool. Like, don't forget, my friends, you could be winning 28 nothing at halftime and lose. So your older sibling that's got a great fucking job could be a crackhead next year. <laughs> could, could, because he's had a whole facade the whole time fucking trying to suck your parents' dick, right? <laughs> and, and he's actually insecure inside and something went wrong at the office and he starts fucking doing coke on the side. Like, guys, don't you understand how this is played? This is real, I'm being serious. Who gives a shit if you're losing when you're in college? You got 80 fucking years to stick it to them, bro. Thank you. I'd actually, I'd actually have a whole different new concept. I recommend fucking up on purpose. I'm being serious. It's so much better to like eliminate expectations from the get. (laughs) Then you're playing with house money. If you're scared of other people's opinion, fuck up on purpose, then everybody thinks you suck shit, then it's all upside. (laughs) You know, everybody's like, like, I'm telling you, I'm not joking. By the way, actually, you know what's fucking weird? This is what's fun about like talking, like maybe that's what happened to me. Maybe what happened to me was because I got D's and F's and every teacher and every friend's parent thought I was gonna be a loser because how many people are 40 or older? Raise your hands. Good, so for the few of us in here, education was the only thing. There was no entrepreneurship in the 80s. That wasn't a conversation, I didn't even know what the fucking word meant and the first time I heard it, it meant that you were kind of like a loser like and didn't do anything. Like, Like, maybe that's what happened to me. Maybe the advice I'm giving you, man, is based on what happened to me, which was because I sucked so bad at school and that's the only way that we were graded back then that all expectations were goose egg for me and all of it was upside so I was liberated to play in the fucking machine and just went on straight fucking offense and fucking won. So go fuck up. Are we done? Have we defeated the crowd? Oh no. Hey. Hi Gary, oh sorry, I'm a coach so I zero, like never have a voice. Um, I'm from Bend, Oregon, it's my crew, thank you. Um, And I'm the newest assistant manager in our franchise and someone once a podcast told me, the best thing you can do is find the person who encourages you and you aspire to be and just latch onto them, never let them go. Um, And I definitely have those people, but I'm wondering who is yours? You're so confident, so sure of yourself, but when you were just starting, My mom. Your mom? My mom. What'd she do for you? Everything? When I was nine years old and opened the door for an elderly woman at a McDonald's, 
she reacted as if I won the Nobel Peace Prize. Good mom. What my mom did was super smart. She overreacted on everything that I was doing that was a good human trait and she held me accountable for things that didn't matter like grades. She didn't let me complete, like she punished, I got punished four times a year, every year, from the time I was in third grade until my senior year of high school, literally. I would get my report card, I would take it out of the mail and flush it down the toilet, this is true, which would buy me a week. Then my sister finally broke down and would tell on me. I'd be punished for two weeks, no TV, no Nintendo, and then we'd reset. My mom built huge self-esteem in me, and I feel like the biggest reason I am who I am today to everybody is because I feel so guilty and so grateful for what she did for me that I want to do it for everybody else, which is, guess what? You suck at a ton of shit. Good. So does everybody else. You're also probably pretty fucking rad at something. Try as many things as possible until you figure out what you're rad at and you like, and go fucking do that for the rest of your life and stop giving a fuck about everybody else. Thanks, Gary. You got it. Mom awesome. Thanks. She is. Hey. Hey. Hi. I'm Val. Hey, Val. I'm here with Dutch Bros. I didn't sneak in. Um, but my question... But you're keeping it pretty shady. What? Well, I don't know. Like, you... Aren't you supposed to say like I'm from Eugene, Oregon or something? Like, oh. <laughs> let's go! Um, I'm actually with... In corporate? What? No. Um, I'm here with um, Dutch Bros Rockland, um, formerly from um, DBAZ. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> We're best. all family here. We're all family. Respect. Go ahead. Um, my question is for you. Um, with how busy you are, yes. I'm sure you have set some boundaries so that you yes. can spend quality time yes. with your family. Yes. How do you disconnect? Easily. Like, I, I'm aware that I spend so much time doing me that it's hard. Like, actually, you know what? I say easily. That first day is like defragging, right? Like, you're just like, you're like, you're like still on that drug of adrenaline and working. But it's just so important to me to win in extremities that I do my best. I would say 80% of the weekends, I, or on vacate, or 80% of the vacations, I'm good, right? I'm like fucking there, I'm in it. But like 20% of the time, like something just happened, or I'm, I'm hot on this wine club that I'm building for my dad, like I'm just into it, I miss wine. And so like this August, when I was with my family, I probably did a too little too much wine club on the phone when I should have disconnected, but it was similar to what I said. I don't judge myself, like I'm not gonna be perfect. I'm trying really hard. Some days are, right, for all of us, some days are better than others. But in reality, I think I owe it to the whole system, not just my kids and my wife, and I owe it to the whole fucking thing <laughs> to really work hard at checking out and being there, and, and I enjoy it. Like, I'm always into the jersey I'm wearing. Do I love my work? Does it come more natural? It does. It is more natural for me to work every day for the rest of my life. It's my zone. It just is. It is what it is. It's the truth. But especially my kids are now eight and five, so now they're like actually real, right? Like when they're that little, I'm like, man, fuck that. But when they become real and they can say shit, now my daughter's like me and I'm like, fuck, she's like me, a girl version? Fuck, that's gonna be crazy. And like, you know, like, so, so, 
I enjoy it and it's getting even better, right? Like for me, and everybody's different, as they're getting older, it's getting even more fun and then carving out more time with my wife. I, back to Jewish holidays, like I texted my wife on here, I'm like so pumped for Yom Kippur because he can't do shit and we're just gonna hug and lay together. Like, you know, like just trying the best I can. Too many people are letting other people judge their parenting and relationships. This all comes down to the same shit, right? People are allowing other people to tell them how to parent, which is fucking ludicrous. Because whatever's politically correct now isn't going to be. I promise you, the wave of, oh shit, they did it right in the 60s, divide and conquer, is gonna be super hot in 2020. So, I'm not relying on everybody else telling me how to do it. I'm gonna do it the way that feels right for me, my spouse, and my kids. And, every day. If I walk in the house tomorrow and my little guy goes, you travel too much, I hate it, I will adjust. If I feel like I have to, right? If it hurts, then I'll adjust. Actions, back to that dude about the weaknesses story. Words are bullshit, actions. Like, I took most of August off, that's an action. I just did, took fucking 28 days in a row, it's unhurt, that's more days than I took in my entire 20s combined off. Not natural for me, but it's actions. And so, just hacking, hacking every day. Awesome, thank you. Welcome. T-Rock, I mean, I'm missing some shit. He's adjusting. I saw you on the phone. But Tyler, is he freaking? Good. All right. Hey. Who's up? Oh, sorry, bro. What's up, Gary? I'm Matt. Matt! I'm uh, over here with the DB2C, Nampa Caldwell, Idaho. So, I'm kind of, first off, your energy, incredible. Thanks, bro. Dude, we do this every day. We get to vibe with you. Thank you for coming out here. Thanks, man. Also... Going Thanks, back bro. to Logan the Third, yeah, his uh, marketing and social media. Yeah, you, you mentioned investing into that. Mm-hmm. What are some specifics that we could do? Money? Mm-hmm. Do we need like a specific person for mm-hmm. it? Like, what are just some? Big I, I think you can hire some. Where are you guys again? Colorado, you said? Caldwell, Idaho. Caldwell, Nampa, Idaho. I think for twenty-seven thousand dollars a year, you can get a full-time person that fucking dominates. Now, here's the vulnerability. Who's the judge of the person? if they're good or not. So if you run your shit, the key is that you know so that you can judge. Too many people outsource their social or anything, their finances, they outsource to other people because they don't want to do it or they don't know how and that's what gets them in trouble. You know, so I think, you know, I think at that price point, I think there's plenty of 22 year olds that know what to do, I was one, Um, but I also think there's far more that don't, but look the part because they're young. And there may be a 47-year-old that knows exactly what to do. So I think one, whoever the judge and jury of the person who's managing like, has to be capable in understanding what the result is. And the result is not likes. And the result is not followers. I don't think you're paying your dues with likes. You don't, you don't take likes, right? Yeah. So like, you know, this has to be business mind. You know, a lot of people did in social media in the beginning, they play on vanity metrics. People have their self-esteem wrapped up in how many followers or likes they get. I'd rather have four people follow me and three of them buying than 2.3 million and none of them buying. From a business standpoint. From an ego standpoint, the second one's rad. But from a business standpoint, so that's, those are specifics. One more. Yeah. Uh, time, time frame of it, is it an everyday, all day, 24 hour thing? Yep. Now, that person's not gonna work 24 hours, but sure. The answer is always more. You know, but then, and then you go backwards. So the answer is yes. 
Now what's practical and what can you afford, right? And wherever it stops, that's where you want. Shoot for the moon, end up for the clouds. Don't shoot for the mountaintop and end up somewhere in the fucking river. (laughs) Where the fuck does this shit come from? Thanks, bro. (laughs) River. You got that one, D-Rock? Thanks. What up, Gary V? Hey, man. I'm Wyland, and I'm from the Corvallis DB. So I'm going through a big point of growth in my life. I'm 20 years old, and I know the next 10 years are going to be like a lot of progression for me. Respect. If you could give yourself one tip when you were my age, what would it be? Don't count anything. I feel that. Do you? I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what I mean. Literally, don't judge where you're at for the next 10 years. Literally close your eyes until you're 30. Same advice I gave earlier. Like, the biggest problem for people is they're keeping score along the way, which means they're looking back, which is allowing people to pass them. I went into a coma in my 20s. You know, just like, checked out. I don't think what I did was right. I checked out so extreme that I like, stopped talking to anybody, I just went there, right? I think in hindsight there was a healthier balance. But I think everybody else is too much the other place. Like at 30 I'm gonna be this, and at 22 this, and if I'm not the manager at 21 then this, and if I'm not making 63,000 at 20, like people are just counting against themselves because they're so used to the game of school and rankings and scoring, and then you get into the real world where it's detrimental, not a positive. Do you understand? I do. And you're gonna wake up at 30. So I woke up on my 30th birthday, this is a real story, drove to the store, looked myself in the mirror, and I said the next 10 years are gonna be really important building years. You just did that at 20. I promise you when you're at 30, you're gonna do the same thing. So the answer is it's forever. There's, no, there's important years in your 20s, there's important years in your 30s, there's important years in your 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. So don't overjudge yourself. Do learn the work ethic and the skills that match your ambition. Thank you, Gary. Never stop grinding. Hi. Hi. How Hannah. What's your name? Hannah. Hannah? Yeah. I don't want to say where I'm from because I don't want them to scream. Okay. Because um, screaming freaks you the fuck out? Yeah, because I would probably start shaking. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I have kind of a broad question, though. Um, I eventually want to get into something creative like marketing or something like that. Okay. Um, and I stopped going to college. Awesome. I think that that was a bad decision. No. I think I can still make that happen. A hundred thousand percent. Okay. All right. That awesome. Was question. Good. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, do you know that if you spent the next three months emailing people that had businesses, that have jobs that you're interested in, one of them would say yes? No. Good. That would happen. Free advice. Free advice. Thank you so much. You got much. it. What's up, Gary? Life is good, man. How are you? Pretty good. My name is Alex Prater, and uh, I'm here from Roseburg with my crew. <laughs> Don't even make as much noise as everyone No, but the one dude was doing some stuff. It's a crazy bad. thing. I, work. I love it. it. Respect. Um, first off, thank you for uh, giving us your time, and um, I'm pretty stoked that I finally was able to get up here. Thank you, man. Ask you this question. Great. Um, I've been like trying to focus more on stop thinking and doing more, and this is uh, my one starting point okay. here off to uh, 
start think or start doing and stop thinking. Yep. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> no worries, man. Keep it going. My question is: so you do what you do every single day. You know, you wake up and you run your business and uh, you do your daily vlogs and um, you go places and you're a motivational speaker for a lot of people and people look up to you and they need motivation so they look up your shit. What drives you to do what you do and um, just keep moving and don't stop what you're doing? The gratitude for that situation. I'm completely driven by gratitude. Mm -hmm. Do you know how grateful I am? Like, do you know, what did I do? My parents had sex at this one moment and created me. <laughs> like, like, I'm being serious, I'm just grateful. Like, I have such a good thing going. People like it, I like it, it's so good. But like, what did I do? Like, do you know how lucky I was that I was an immigrant? Do you know how much I'm driven by a chip on my shoulder? Do you know how lucky I got that I was four foot 11 when I went into freshman year of high school? Like, all these things went in my favor. I don't know, man, I'm driven by gratitude. Every morning I wake up and I'm just grateful. Grateful, grateful, grateful. I'm 42 years old almost, and unfortunately, thank you, and unfortunately, my grandparents, three of my four grandparents died before I got to know them. So, so not only was I born in a communist country where capitalism and entrepreneurship is shit on, I went to the place where it's most on a pedestal. I got the greatest mom in the world. My dad taught me work ethic, and my word, which made me not a bullshit artist, saved my ass, right? But then on top of everything else, I've had very little death or pain around me and I'm 42 years old. It's unfortunate why that's the case, given the circumstances before, but it's still my reality, right? And then I have a communication style that for some reason, who knew? Don't forget I was 33 years old before I even made a video. Like I didn't even, I, you, I never thought this could be, like I didn't even fucking cross my mind. I was a businessman. Like, to, watching 20-year-olds that are hungry and thinking about their lives, right? I'm excited because I'm like, bro, you don't have any clue where this might fucking go because, you know, in, at 31 years old, I'm like, maybe I'll make a video on this YouTube thing. Like, you have no idea where it's going, so I'm completely driven by gratitude. I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful, and it, it drives the shit out of me. And, and that helps you, like, to not procrastinate and just, like, be in a slump, if you ever are, like, in a slump. I'm sure we all are. Everybody's in a slump, but here's my thing, man. Nobody gives a shit. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like the thing that people don't realize about slumps and depression, things like that, like you, you gotta break them down. It's, for some people it's a real disease and it's real stuff, but that's, that's, that's on a different plane. But like being in a slump, like everybody's in a slump. Like everybody's got adversity. There's always something. To me, somebody's always got it worse. There's 7.7 .7 billion people. And unless I'm in some weird little cage in some fourth world country, that means I'm not in last place, which means I have nothing to complain about. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you live in America. Fuck yeah. The fuck are you complaining about? <laughs> and then just super quick, I was just wondering, you've spoken for a lot of uh, businesses and people, and I was just wondering, what do you think about Dutch Bros and what we are and what we do and the questions that a lot of the people have asked you? Yeah, I mean, look, the biggest takeaway for me is like there's a lot of energy, it's young and all that, it's all rad. To me, it's just really cool that there's a smart operator at the top. And listen, you guys know me, like I, have, I don't know him. Like I'm not like, I don't give a fuck about him. Like, and, like I'm being serious. I just, 
in the same in the same way he doesn't. To me, but I, I, it's important for me to tell you this because we don't know each other. We met three seconds before I came on stage. It's just cool to see somebody smart and building a framework that works both for his organization and the people in it. I know it because I do it as well, and it's cool. And I'm like hopeful that this becomes humongous because you need examples of capitalism that is positive on both sides because I think that's the 2.0 version, right? Like I think. The reason I'm excited that I'm cool to young kids is I'm teaching them good principles, not bad principles. All the other dick faces that are popular on Instagram and YouTube are flashing fucking cars and watches and fucking club and all this fucking shit down these 23 year old dudes mouths and it's fucking stupid because it's short term behavior. I am collecting popularity because of gratitude and because once I get them in, then I'm like okay listen, You wanna know what the real thing is? It's fucking hard work, it's being respectful, it's being a good person, it's being 30 years in the making. Like, and to me, my energy of this is like, it's cool to see it because you don't see it often and when you see it, you appreciate it. Two more. I gotta go, I apologize. I'll keep it short, I promise. Thanks for staying. My pleasure. Uh, Gary, I'm Chelsea, I'm with DBAZ. <laughs> We're all getting tired. Uh, so I love that you say listen to people. Um, I get to be in a position I feel like that's a little bit like your chief heart officer in your offices. Um, I've been in that gray area for a while, the engagement, employee retention, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I wonder when it's important to say I don't give a fuck about your opinion and when it's important to say hey, I need, to, I need to coach you and guide you and actually pull you aside from this path that you're on right now. I think you know, th- how long have you been doing it? Six years. Do you like it? Love it. It comes natural, right? Yeah. You know the answer, it's circumstantial, right? Like, the, the fact that you even asked it that way made me knew, know that I didn't have to answer it. <laughs> you know what you're doing. You know, like, you know, the thing for you and I, and people that really give a fuck about HR and people, is it's tough. It's so emotionally draining, right? Because when you see somebody who's not self-aware, you know how tough, like, the game's already over, right? So, I think the one thing I would tell you is, you can see how I talk about these issues. I go that one extra place that most people don't go, it's because that uncomfortable place, fuck you mom and this and that, that uncomfortable place is where it is. Because what you're doing as somebody who loves it and is good at it and what I was doing early in my career is you go right to the edge. The problem is that doesn't create the unlock. The unlock is when you suffocate it. So I I think about it like this. I try to give a bunch of honey before I deliver the vinegar and I go back to the extremes and pulling. If I'm gonna have a tough conversation, I'm gonna really set the framework which is like look, I'll do anything for you, you don't have to work here. I'll get, I'll get you a better, I make it so awesome. And then I go, you're a fuck face. And you're a fuck face because you're insecure and you know Karen underneath you is better than you so you're suppressing her because you don't want her to take your job because this is about as high as you're gonna get up and you know that. So what's happening is you're manifesting bad behavior because you're protecting your grounds because you gotta pay your mortgage. I get it, but it's not gonna work. So now what? And so like that's the part that's hard. But like, when you really give a fuck, if you're making decisions because you have to hit a certain margin to pay to the mothership, that's different. But I know that's not the case already. So you're fucking lucky. You know how many people have to make decisions on that? So you're making decisions on EQ. So you're just gonna have to go to that one. I would, if you were gonna have this moment together, 
six months, six months going one step further in radical candor, which does not come natural to us. Or maybe Dutch bros. Or maybe Dutch bros. Radical candor's tough, I get it. And by the way, not maybe Dutch bros. Everything I can tell already makes me know that they're not good at it, because I'm not good at it. When you're so EQ'd out and it's so good vibes, you're leaving money on the table because it feels better. So radical candor comes hard, but it's the evolution for him and me in our next frontier. For us to take our companies to the next level, we have to inject a little bit of that. And the way I'm doing it is a different version of what we've been doing. This is now me talking to him. I'm creating bigger severances, real packages, mascot jobs that don't bother anybody else. Anything if I have to deal with the 17 people that I'm emotional towards that are fucking everything else up, but not addressing it will collapse the whole fucking empire. And that's why I call my organization the Honey Empire. The Honey Empire. It's not the empire of honey. I will always choose people 0.1% more than the business, but after you get into year three, seven, nine, you get to a scale where, where your strength becomes your vulnerability, so, yeah. The leaders above me are great with radical candor. It's, it's the, the millennials and the Generation Z that's coming up that seem a little more sensitive towards that kind of thing. Yeah, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, that's a cop-out. I, I really, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I'm not gonna let the millennial ger- Generation Z be the conversation. I actually think that we should be looking at ourselves and not them because it's easier to be like, you fucking kids. I don't believe in that bullshit. I really don't, it's us. You know? You. you know, it's us. They're big boys and girls. You know, and there was plenty of fucking people that were soft as shit in their 40s, 60s, and 80s too that were lazy as fuck and entitled as fuck. Like, this is, this is in the same way with that dude with the technology, we are, we are using the millennial and the Gen Z cop-out of entitlement to not address it because subconsciously we've got our own things to work through. It's always our fault. What's up, Gary? What's up, bro? Uh, my man, I gotta be honest with you. Um, I've, I've never heard of you before until this day. I get it, I never heard of you either. Uh, dude, thanks, man. <laughs> um, well, we're hearing each other now. Here we are. <laughs> um, and I'm definitely gonna look up your stuff. <laughs> thanks, man. Sure. I can say that. I'm gonna definitely look up you. You're like straight out of yeah. central casting. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? My name, uh, well, my name's Kyle, but everyone just calls me by my last name, Roto. Roto. Yeah, thanks. Love it, man. Thanks, bro. Let's do it, Roto. Um, so I have two questions for Go you. Go ahead. Cool. The first one's about Snapchat. Okay. So I run the Snapchat for my franchise. Yeah. It's uh, West Valley, Arizona. They all, hey! <laughs> they all just left except for her. They had to catch a flight. She's a gangster. Oh, dude, I know. That's, That's your girl? Yeah, I'm dating her. <laughs> no, you're dating her. Like, she's really your girl. Okay. It's not exactly where I was going, but makes it awesome. Go ahead. Um, so what is it, like, what can I be doing? To make it better? Not even to make it better, because like, well, d- damn, yeah, I guess, but like. Do you, do you want people to come into the store? What's up? We want people to come to the business, right? Hell yeah. Let me throw a really interesting curveball at you. You should literally take the account right now, look at it, and be like, hey, guys, what can I do here to make it better for you? Like one of the craziest moves in social that I find fascinating is 
just asking the audience what they want. You will be blown away by how much feedback you'll get that will unlock, right? Literally like, hey, it's Rhoda, yeah. you, know? Uh, I, you know? I run the fucking shit for this store, like, what up? Like, I need you guys to tell, and now you've got a, Snapchat's legit now, you can just keep holding it down, so you're fucking good, you don't have the 10 second bullshit anymore, right? So you're just holding it down, and you're like fucking, it's Roto, what up, like fucking run shit here, like what do you guys want on this Snapchat? And here's what's gonna happen. 80% of them are gonna be like, give us free shit. Yeah. No shit, dick. It's like 90. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which you can mix in. By the way, I'm on a whole kick at Wine Library now. Every Saturday, we're just giving away $10 worth of gourmet food. I'm like doing it, like the ROI actually works. So like giving away free shit, people like to shit on it. It's kind of clever if you've got something good because the cost of entry is low. But I, look, you know this, people want entertainment. Yes. And you're fucking entertaining just on your fucking face. Mm-hmm. You know? Thanks, brother. I mean it. Yeah, I, so, I hustle hard for that. I, I believe you, so just be, 80, remember when I talked about bet on your strengths and not on your weaknesses? Go fucking all Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. You know, like, like go all, I mean it. Go, you, I, I could taste it from this far away. You'd be entertaining as fuck and it will bring people, make every fucking person wanna watch it for you and fucking Larry the fucking mop guy cause he's funny, like create a fucking sitcom, bro. Thank you. Hey, um, so before I go to my second question, yeah. uh, would you mind if I took that Snapchat right now? Yeah, let's do Thanks, it. brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, brother. Damn, dude, I'm shaking. All right, here we go, brother. Go ahead, bro. What's up, DV West Valley? I'm here with, Get- oh, you got the crowd right? I'm here with Gary Vee. Uh, he's a huge motiva- motivational speaker. He never heard of me before today. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't. <laughs> um, but we're here and we are curious to see what you guys want to see, or we're curious to hear what you guys want to see on this Snapchat. So- Tell him, tell him what you please. fucking want. <laughs> oh no. Can we do that? That's okay, right? <laughs> yeah. It's good, it's approved. Approved from the top. Oh, approved bro. from the top. <laughs> Posting that. I, I, I bet you are, Roto. Thank All right. You. Okay. Number two. Um, everything you've been saying about like self insight and self awareness, my yeah. man, I'm just I'm eating that shit up. Bro. Good. I love it, man. Um, it's delicious, right? Oh God, dude, yes. What's Fresh it taste like? Pack. Cinnamon? Uh, a little bit of nutmeg, maybe. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, so, um, um, I have so many. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're not going anywhere. Um, what you've been saying with like how you are constantly finding out new shit about yourself every day, but like also you kind of have this um, core principles. Well, yeah, of like you know what you're telling that guy, fuck uh, your girlfriend, yep. uh, Pierce. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you love them, you love them, but who gives a don't fucking listen to them? Um, how do you like while you're still constantly learning new stuff about yourself every day? How do you keep this self insight like in check? How do I know like you're right? One, yeah. Everybody wants to know if they're right. Yeah, well, I mean. You, I, you yeah. don't. No. So, sometimes, but. <laughs> no, dude, it's not, no. You, 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 to me, this is why intent has been brought up so much. My big thing is, I don't know if I'm right. I just know I'm doing things for the right reasons, and I'm okay with letting the chips fall where they may. Uh, let me t- 
tell you something that didn't get brought up today while we're on this kick. One of the biggest reasons a lot of you don't do the right thing is because you expect somebody to do that in return after you do it. And that expectation of, the reason I'm good is because I give with zero expectation in return. And when you give with zero expectation in return, it unlocks you, and I can see some of you get this, like it's a big one. Like, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm jamming with you guys, I'm like, ah, right, the people, you know, you're trying to break down the, like I'm always trying to break down the formula, because it's never one thing, right? It's like, you know, I like wine, like a good wine has a blend and components. The, a lot what works for me is I do it for the right reasons, I'm all in, I don't mind if I lose, I actually weirdly prefer it, and if I do great for you, and then I need you in a year, and you don't deliver, I'm cool with that too. I'm empathetic. Maybe, you're, maybe you didn't get it, maybe you're not a good person, maybe you've got some shit on your mind right now that didn't allow you to come through. I think the expectation of others and the opinions of others are disproportionately guiding your life and I think that you will end up regretting that in your older years. Thank you, that was great. I never have to rush to the air, you know, I'm like weird. Hey, anybody, are we done? Yeah, one more, one more. Yes, let's do it. All right. Yes. Hi, uh, so our company's founded by its What's your name? I'm Shell. Shell? Yeah, I'm from Grants Pass. So our company is founded upon its culture and we hold it very close to our hearts. Yes. And um, earlier you were talking about our leadership and you are saying that selflessness, selflessness and empathy is everything when it comes to leadership. Yes. And I just wanted to know how has selflessness and empathy impacted your life and impacted your company within your leadership? It's allowed me to, when, God, it's such, that's such a good question, Shell. Like, like, it's, you know, it's almost like asking me, like, how has brown eyes impacted my life, right? Like, it's, it's the, only, I don't even know of anything else. What I think it's done is created a stickiness and an emotion towards me and the organization that has created its strength. I believe that continuity leads to speed. Speed leads to results. So the reason I love culture so much is it means that we stick around with each other longer so we know each other's strengths and weaknesses, we get, become a gelled unit, and then we can be faster in whatever we do. Decisions, strategies, executions, when we're, I mean, I'm a retailer, when it's busy on a Saturday, like everything, everything. So for me, man, I think it's impacted, like I don't think there's an accident that this company and my company have hyper-grown very quickly in comparison to other people's companies, right? I think that when people, I feel like there's only one way to make anybody besides the person that owns something give a shit, which is to give a shit about them more than they give a shit about you. And in that creates the stickiness that creates continuity, which creates speed, and my genuine belief above everything else in business is that speed is the variable to success. Thank you. You're welcome. Dutch Bros. Hey podcast peeps, I know you're uh, a listener, but are you a watcher? Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. on YouTube, youtube.com slash Gary V-E-E, the daily V, the best business vlog on earth.